to episode 196 of the F Reality Podcast, your fortnightly fix of the latest VR news from the world of virtual reality. We have a jam-packed show for you today, including Vox Machina coming to Quest, Meta spends $10 million on probably the weirdest VR commercial I've ever seen, which aired during the Super Bowl. I give you the lowdown on a new standalone Linux-based VR headset called the Simula One. We discuss the crazy rumors circulating the internet about Metal Gear Solid coming to VR exclusively for the PSVR 2. And to round up the show, Zim is back with a vengeance and has some new releases coming in the next couple of weeks for us all to look forward to. But for now, let me introduce you to my Meta mates and find out what's been their highlight from the past couple of weeks and also let us know what you've been playing in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, this guy has recently become a father. He's the proud dad of his very own baby Grogu and is currently in the process of teaching him the ways of the force. Congratulations are in order for our friend Nathy. Hello there. Hey, well hello there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, I have to clean up the house every day, you know, still pooping on the floor. But, uh, mm. you know, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> like having to buy, from, like, uh, frogs Wait, you in or... the supermarket, you know, things like that. <laughs> fresh uh, frogs. It, yeah, fresh frogs and stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's weird to have an alien pet, you know. Sh show but, uh, me the baby. Yeah. Okay, let me, show us let the me little one. <laughs> Here he is in his glory. Careful. Baby Careful. Grogu. Look at him. Dude, he's, and he's life-sized as well. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's very heavy, amazing. by the way. Yeah, it looks it. It looks it. All those frogs inside him. I'm not surprised. Wait, 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 wait. I, I haven't actually watched The Mandalorian, so Baby Grogu eats frogs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> His favorite. <laughs> now you don't have to watch it anymore. That's all you need to know. You know. Good. Eats frogs. Up. <laughs> so other than cooing over your your new little child, what what else you been up to the past couple of weeks? Couple of weeks. Well, that's a good one. I, uh, I <laughs> you don't know. It's always like I haven't been alive, right? That, that's kind of what it sounds like. Uh, no, you've but, been uh, eating frogs as well. <laughs> well, kind of the wrong kind of frogs. Yeah. No, Licking but, uh, the bag of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, psychedelics. I, I think uh, you know when I uh, mentioned last time that I um, put like my own um, like item in rec room, right? Well, yeah. um, like two weeks later. Uh, I sold a record of 700 desks. Wow. It's crazy. Oh. It's a, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, You're going to overtake going. Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe. Yeah, who knows? But, uh, so you're, you're quitting YouTube, becoming a full-time rec room? Yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, at this point, I, I could definitely consider that, but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. No, but it it's been it's been surprisingly successful for sure. I uh, I was betting on 500 in a week time, um, but actually it sold like um, 400 in two days, and wow, from there wow. it kind of it kind of went down because then the hype is over. Um, and and the the funny part is, so you have 700 people owning this desk, right? But only 250 have actually like put it into their dorm rooms. So the rest just mm -hmm. bought it and they just haven't or found a space for it or they just buy it because hype. You know, I, I really don't know. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'm already like uh, brainstorming about other things I can do. But yeah, I'm starting to like run my own virtual reality Ikea. Wow. Steam sale syndrome, isn't it? You buy it and you just stick it in your catalog, your library. And that's it. You're like, I've got Nathy's desk yeah. now. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions of what kind of furniture you want next, 
Let me know. I'll hook you we, up. We need to start distributing mic pillows in the in the metaverse. That's what we this need is, to do. Yeah. We're going to convert this podcast. It will become the Furniture Reality Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Get out your whole home. <laughs> That's what the F stands for. This was the yeah, plan the whole entire time. It is furniture. Well, nice one. Well, congrats on your 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 new baby and your uh, newfound you. digital yes. light and business. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's so weird. Like it, it escalates so quickly. And like yeah. a few weeks ago, I have no idea what. I what to do with my life and now i'm sitting here buying like 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 some some uh weird baby yoda stuff and yeah selling furniture there you go yeah nice 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 job well next up this guy loves to go crazy in vr he just can't be tamed so crazy in fact that he's likely to be featured in a future post of vr to er it's our one and only it's our rowdy guy how you doing dude you all right I'm I'm doing I'm doing great. Yeah, I've had a a very busy week. You know, we've had a lot of snow as well. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Zim has been, you know, scooping it all up uh, as a, as a as a proud Canadian would. Um, but uh, no, I, I've been great. I've actually had a little bit of time still to to get some VR in. And as some of you might know, I am a, a very big fan of the show uh, called Final Space. Uh, have have mm-hmm. any of you guys watched uh, Final Space before? It's a, it's, a, it's a cartoon. Yeah, it ran for it. for three seasons and then it, it unfortunately got cancelled. Uh, oh. A bit of a letdown because I really enjoyed that 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 series and that cartoon. Uh, it was very um, like although it's a cartoon, it's very adult like. The humor is very. Uh, I, w- I would even compare it maybe a little bit to Rick and Morty, but I find it a little bit more. I don't know, like like refined. Uh, it, it is it, it is a similar kind of humor, though, uh, and I, I typically like that kind of humor. Uh, but they also released uh, kind of like as a goodbye to their fans, I guess, um, a VR application. Uh, it was released uh, mid middle of January. Um, now the game itself, it's not um, it's not a great game. You know, it's not something that you probably want to want to buy and play for like hours and ends uh, but as a fan of final space um and of the story and the, and the characters i think the characters are great uh, they're voiced by by great voice actors as well um it's uh it's it's really nice to get to see them again and to mm. uh they, they've maintained that similar kind of humor although i have the feeling it's a little bit more like the light version because it's definitely more aimed at maybe uh, a younger audience but it, it, it's nice. It was I had a, I had a good time. Just like the, the the jokes are still there, the humor is still there, the silliness of it is still there. Um, it's it, it's fun. So if you're a fan of Final Space and you you kind of uh, upset that the, that the show has ended uh, on a bit of a cliffhanger as well, um, then maybe go and check it out and uh, you know experience a little bit of those moments again with. Uh, you know Gary and 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 Mooncake and Avocado and all of the other characters uh, that are in there. And screw you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so like with this game, it kind of had those from other sons vibes when I first saw it because it's like yes. a co-op space. It's a four-player co-op. Yeah. So I, I yeah. didn't do a co-op. I only did a single-player. But I can okay, imagine can it's a lot solo. more fun with uh, with other characters uh, because every one of you will have to pick. Uh, a certain individual so you can play either uh, you can play the, the girl Quinn you can play Gary uh, you can play Avocado uh, and you can also play a uh, Tribor uh, which is kind of like the the alien with the beer belly um, great great characters like that's like my uh, my spirit animal <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you would definitely be Tribor <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. But I, I heard, although it kind of looked like From Other Suns, it's very much like a From Other Suns light version, right? From oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, I mean, like I said, like, it's not, it's like a, a little bit of like a, a, a walk, a walking shooter. You know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. you, the speed is very low. It's, it's, it's not a great VR game. You know, it's not something that I would say like, oh, you know, you have to try this. You know, this is amazing. Well, from other sun still had like, you know, the, the, the core of it was VR, you know, like, and it was a gameplay. Well, this isn't, this is uh, this is final space. And there's like a little bit of a VR skin around it. I wasn't a big fan of the, of the, of the graphics either. Uh, I, I, I think they could have made it cell shaded, but maybe, Maybe that's more work. I don't know, like uh, to do it like that. But they did like this kind of 3D rendering of the characters, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was well done, but uh, it wasn't necessary for me to do that. Fair enough. So more more fan service than than great VR game. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fair enough. Still a decent cool. recommendation though. Yeah, I appreciate it. So no uh, next up, this guy is hot stuff. He's so hot, in fact, he's often found casually adding a full bottom of. so hot in fact he's often found casually adding a full bottle of the bomb to his breakfast cereal it's the legendary vr streamer it's them top five how you doing my god yeah nice uh nice hot ones reference there mike but uh i I think if i think if i did that if i think of even if i tried the bomb which is one of the worst sauces on the planet earth I think I probably would have died. Uh, that is not a friendly sauce from what I can... I've never had it, but uh, one of these days I will obviously have to. Um, that's, a, that's a show that is... It's a fantastic show, actually. Uh, I'd recommend people go watch that, hot, hot Ones. It's basically famous people getting interviewed while they eat spicy chicken wings. Uh, and it, it escalates, and it's very fun to watch, you know, grown people cry, uh, like Seth Rogen and stuff like that. It's, it's brilliant, actually. I, I, brilliant. Um, I moved into uh, a bit of a mansion now, so I'm happy. I've got a new place. Uh, it's nice. easily double the size of my UK place. When I show you the VR space downstairs, which will become my studio, it, 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 I'm, I'm jealous of myself uh, right now. But um, our stuff was delayed, so because of international shipping and stuff, I'm going to be without stuff for a good six weeks more, I think, so into late March. Um, but in these large echoey uh, chambers, I've started to use the various spaces for VR purposes uh, to a good degree. Um, I had quite a bit of, uh, of trouble for some reason finding Tea for God. I think I mentioned on a previous podcast that when you search, although for some reason not on mobile, uh, when you search the Oculus Store for an app that's there on App Lab, you can find it if you're on desktop. But on mobile, it seems to not work. So I had some trouble locating Tea for God, downloading it and playing that, but... God, that it's like, I mean, my my, my reaction. I'll, I'll I'll be frank. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is like being at the beginning of Dune, and I haven't even watched that film yet. But what they've done to it, what they've done to that game since I was last in, is pretty incredible. Uh, the way it uses large spaces, the narrating voice that they now have in the game, really makes it feel like you're in a sci-fi kind of slash horror film. If anyone's uh, ever watched Cube. Uh, which is this like 1997 horror film where you're like stuck in a box and you're trying to get up which and over one? and figure out. There's like, there's like seven of them, right? All, it's like all of them, right? But yeah. um, T for God in this space is, is, is really unfathomably cool um, compared to my UK small place. So um, I'm going to do some, some of that and I'll be doing that live as well once I can get all my pieces together for, for a proper show. Um, been doing The Walking Dead, which is amazing again when you've got space and nobody around and and no murder dungeon in your basement. You can feel a little bit better about yourself. <laughs> um, and then even just yesterday, I was just like, 
like lying back on the floor and YouTube, like 4K YouTube is so nice and relaxing. And I just had a beer laid out and was just like watching podcasts and shows on, on YouTube and stuff. And it was like, this is pretty damn good, you know? So VR is great uh, in Canada is what I'm saying. (laughs) And like Rowdy (laughs) said, I've been spending a good amount of my time clearing snow and stuff like that. The snow is real here. I knew that and I like that, but it's been, it's been lots of fun being out in it every day with the dog. So nice. And T for God, it adapts to the size of your play space, right? Yeah. So all the corridors, like where I played before, all the corridors were like quite claustrophobic. And when you're wandering in a very small room, um, you, you know, you like, you know, you're not too tricked. Right. But if you put headphones on in a space, that's like a reasonable size room or a large room, and then you go into T for God, like, after a few minutes, you're just, you're on a sci-fi spaceship. And it's weird because it's a lot like a Cosmodred. Like you get this map with all these glyphs on it. I'm doing the roguelite version. And it's like, I have no idea what half of this stuff is. And I'm trying to work it out. So <laughs> it's going to make for really good show content, I think. While I try to trace your steps, retrace your steps, the non-Euclidean geometry, it, it messes with your brain proper. Yeah. And it's still free, right? All I know is I have a license to it. So if they put a, a price tag on it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. It's still in, it's still in demo. So they're not done. Okay. Uh, so they're, so I, I believe at the moment on App Lab, I believe it is free. Uh, and you can get it, as I said, by searching, if you go into your browser. Mm-hmm. And if you even just type in T for God Quest, you'll mm-hmm. be able to get to it and download it. So I Very highly cool. recommend that. Even if you have a Good small rec- space. Good recommendation. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, so if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike, uh, host of the show. Uh, but let's dive in and see what the chat have been up to over the past couple of weeks before I share what I've been up to. Yes. So we have uh, um, Squeaks, who has been playing, uh, well, too much App Lab, uh, basically, because he said uh, that he launched past uh, like a, what was it, like 10,000 plays? That's crazy. So he, wow. he launched the app 10,000 times to play something. Uh, what he played, I don't know. You you can make up uh, yourself. Sounds you know? like a great app. This is like yeah, a horror the browser. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be something, right? Uh, then we have Sampler nineteen, who has been going for some adult entertainment. I'm sure he had more than ten thousand plays on that. Um, and then we have uh, Virtual Steve, who uh, who checked out some Jedi Fallen Order on the Quest Two with Virtual Desktop. You know, mm. it's always great. You know, when, when when the season is dry, you can always, you know, play some pancake stuff in uh, in virtual desktop. Or as PD would say, far packs that stuff. Um, and then we have uh, Darja Angel, who has been um, really enjoying the sniper mode on Hitman 2, I think in VR. Yeah. Well, I haven't, haven't tried that. You know anything about that, Mike? Sniper mode? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't tried it. Is that a mode or just like sniping in general? I would imagine it's a level that's in Hitman 2 that's playable okay. through Hitman 3. Yep. Yeah. As long as it doesn't include Mike NPCs, uh, I'm not so interested. Um, <laughs> and she also tried the ar- arcade uh, demo. Um, I think that's a really popular thing right now. I haven't tried it myself just yet. Um, then we have VR enthusiasts who go into Alien Dawn. Uh, this this is maybe something that Zim would be interested in because he says this is very early access. Uh, it, it, wow. It's a co-op zombie survival with vehicles. So you drive by and then you shoot zombies with your friends. Wait, Alien uh, Dawn? Alien Dawn zombies. 
Yeah, well, that's yeah, what he's saying. I, uh, you know, I didn't make this up, Rowdy. So nowadays, you know, it could be a shapeshifter uh, alien, you know, who shapeshifts into a zombie. Into a zombie. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that makes perfect yeah. sense. And then, and then last the one, least, just trolling us. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not completely in the loop. So if you, like, name some random games that don't exist, I, I totally, totally believe you. Uh, and then last but not least, we have G27, who played uh, Downward Spiral. Horus Station. I know this is a classic. It's kind of oh, like Oh, me and uh, Nathan played this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we played it together because it's co-op. I remember. It was actually dude, really good. Dude, it was like, I, I, it was mind-blowing. Mm. Remind me what kind yeah. of game this is. This is the one with the robots. It's, it's like Zero Zero Echo in a way. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so you, it's weird because you had a, a few Zero G space games all released at the same time. You had yeah. uh, <laughs> so oh God, Downward Spiral, go. which is this one, which you can play co-op. You yeah. had Detached, which Detached. was like motion sick simulator. <laughs> That's the king. That is the king of motion sickness. Yep. And then you had a drift, and they were all very similar. But oh, yeah. that one, Downward Spiral, was actually very good. Yeah. 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 That's the so one of the three I haven't played. Okay, but it was multiplayer. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. co-op. Me and Nathy played. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 full sort of level that they they had. Um, yeah, it was great fun. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, good recommendations there. Nice. Um, so I've been I've been up to a few things uh, past couple of weeks. I've, I've, the last couple of days though, I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I don't know oh. if you guys have, have been seeing this. Obviously, it just came out on PS Five. Uh, absolutely beautiful gorgeous game and uh, it just gets me super hyped to be able to explore this world of horizon in vr when they eventually launch horizon call of the mountain which will be coming to psvr2 of course we don't know when it's coming but it's likely going to be a launch title for the new headset and that one um, isn't region locked yeah there you go exactly that so <laughs> we're probably more than likely going to be playing horizon call of the mountain before we get to play I, horizon I world here in the uk and europe so yeah totally but yeah, we'll we'll be talking more about Horizon uh, World so, a little bit later on. What uh, what I'm wondering though now because this new this is like a new part of it, is it is this is DLC right? I'm I'm not completely up to date on it. Was it DLC think, or a complete new game? I think it's going to be a standalone game. But no, I mean like what you have been playing. What, what you played? Oh oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is a completely standalone new game. Oh, it's, it's a sequel. Game. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm wondering, is is this game like this VR game uh, or this VR experience? Because we still don't really know what this is going to be. Um, is this going to be based on the? I I, I honestly think it's going to be be based on the, the 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 standard game, the original, and then. Uh, um, you know? According according to the the information, apparently it's going to be it's going to be set in the world of Forbidden West, oh. um, and you will meet iconic characters from the game. So you will meet Aloy at some point. Um, okay, but you play it you play a different character, an unknown character. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mm. And like you said, the the interesting thing is is it going to be an experience, say like forty five minutes yeah. an hour long, or is it going to be a full game that you can put numerous hours into? We just we just don't know yet. But, if, if that yeah. is the case, that would be a system seller though. If yeah. they manage yeah. to pull that off. But just, just the world, I'm just so excited to be able to jump into that world. Like, you know, with these kind of like mechanical dinosaurs, you know, that I don't know if you guys remember Zoids when you were a kid, you know, um, <laughs> you might be a bit too young for those. Uh, but if you're if you're a bit older <laughs> like me, you remember Zoids. They were like, um, yeah, like mechanical dinosaurs, essentially, that you build yourself. They were really, really Zoids. awesome. Were they Zoids. a toy? Yeah, yeah, a toy. Yeah, that you, yeah, you, I remember you could real wind sim. up they were and they real dinosaurs. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> They were cool. Anyway, uh, enough of Horizon. Um, the other thing I played, because I've got two more things I want to mention. Uh, Gunman Contracts, Chapter 2. Um, it, it's, it's phenomenal. I jumped into it uh, past couple of weeks. It's an awesome mod for Half-Life Alex. 
it's available for free on the Steam oh, yes. Workshop. Uh, and it's like, you've got the original chapter, which launched a long time ago, and the chapter two just launched. Continues on from the original chapter in terms of story, and you're set on a mission to assassinate a, a bad guy. It, it, it like feels like what Hitman 3 in VR should have been like or what, wow. uh, you know, like a John Wick game in VR would be like. It's totally badass. You've got a single life to make it through the entire level, which is about 20 minutes long. Wow. I think that's really good the way they did that because it adds real intense um, sort of firefights. You know, you, yeah. everything's... Uh, so worth, you make it, but, it invites you to make it cooler than it actually is maybe because yeah, it's because harder. there's a lot at stake you know you're going to be yeah, pushed yeah, right yeah. back to the beginning again because there's no chap yeah. the checkpoints or anything like that um it's made by a solo dev called a and b seth uh, he's working on more content including chapter three and he's also going to be bringing a custom gun to both uh chapters chapter one and chapter two if you like this kind of stuff go and support him on patreon because he's doing this as a passion project alongside his full-time job uh, but like he said he, he wants to start pumping these out more regularly and maybe even consider working on a standalone VR game himself. Uh, so really cool dev. Uh, like I said, it's free. It's available on Steam Workshop. So if you own Half-Life Alex on PC, definitely go and check them both out. They're probably the best mods available alongside the Bioshock mod uh, Return to Rapture. So yeah, so, definitely so check to, it out. Like talking about this mod, I also saw something and I thought this was in Half-Life Alex, like this Star Wars thing where you just walk through some halls, shoot some stormtroopers, open some doors. I think... I don't know if you saw this also pop up. I, yeah. I, it's kind of like just a passion project too, but I first thought it was a Half-Life thing, but it's not. But it is very ha Half-Life in terms of like gameplay mechanics. The way but it for looks, now, I think like, Dark Forces. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Dark Forces, that's the name. Um, but for now, I feel like it's, it's, it's getting a lot of hype just because it's a Star Wars skinned game. But for now, it's just you shoot some stormtroopers and you open some doors and that's it. But yeah, if there's yep. more to it, then I think this is kind of... Nice, yeah. Like modders always make it, you know, a lot more fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention is uh, I got to control a robot again. <laughs> oh, so yes. I, I've talked about this before. Like I got, I got to control Ricci in the past, who was this awesome robot from Pollen Robotics. Um, but this guy uh, is um, a guy called Chang Lu. He appeared in Dragon's Den here in the UK, and he oh. got um, he got one hundred and fifty thousand pounds in funding from Peter Jones for his uh, sort of unique software which allows you to control robots using vr so essentially he, the the difference is that with ricci was that you could see through one of his eyes but it was a 2d feed so it kind of made judging depth using his hands difficult. quite difficult yeah. and i was kind of using shadows from the lights to kind of get a good idea of like the the sense of depth and where my hand should be but um, the way that Chang has done it with uh, his company extend robotics is that he uses a real sense camera from intel and uh, actually streams a volumetric capture in real time to the headset with like practically no latency. Um, so it's actually a 3D image streamed in real time, which is super impressive. Hmm. Uh, the only limitation is like, I don't know if you sh show the video or not, but uh, you can only see like one side of the 3D objects. Um, but in the future, he's going to add a second camera on the opposite side. So it'll be like a full volumetric capture. Um, but yeah, controlling this like awesome, like 10 grand robot arm remotely from like 80 miles away and, you know, pouring beers and stacking bricks and doing this little like uh, dexterity puzzle maze uh, was just awesome. So I, I kind of love this stuff, uh, robotics and VR when they collide. So that was so super fun. 
is is this kind of to test uh, to see if we can make it to connect this year and like in in this virtual appearance that we talked <laughs> about I'm before? Just gonna, I'm just going to send this arm instead and you know, just like, like, greet everyone that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, last year where we t- spoke about like us riding around as robots. Well, maybe yeah. this with this arm thing, it can get more personal. You know, yeah. we can shake, we can shake hands again. You know, in a way. We'll call it so Richie, please. No yeah. soap necessary. So Richie. Yeah. Great name for a robot. It was a great name. Yeah. But no, that, that kind of remote robotic stuff is so cool. It really is. Like, I mean, uh, when I did that thing where, which was like the Chernobyl remote robot, it's just, there's something special about like controlling something real from a distance. And I, mm. I still am really um, ingrained in the idea of like remote um, human on human, mech on mech combat from a distance. Like I'd love to see a giant, I know this is ridiculous, but I'd love to see like a giant arena with two massive mechs and and like people are paying i don't know like you get like elon musk behind one and i don't know somebody else behind the other one and they fight in a big <laughs> ring like i would love to see that you see metal panels flying like <laughs> gas lines well, going like, off looking at the video just don't let mike operating those those robots <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the future of robot wars that's what you're talking about there zim yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, but it, I mean, it could even be used for for military. But I don't want to go down that route. Hundred percent, hundred percent, be used for military. Like, I kind of said that it, it would be kind of cool if you could use it for like fire and rescue stuff. You know, so you don't have to put humans in danger. You could remotely control oh. robots to do it all for you. <laughs> yeah, those you. Boston Dynamic robots. Like, what if you had a exactly. whole army of them? Like, yeah. it just starts to get really freaking like nasty if you think about the future, right? And then yeah. Skynet and all that. But this uh, this yeah. this volumetric capture is pretty cool. Uh, I, I yeah. remember seeing something like that where they had done it um there was a guy out of i think it was mit or harvard uh who had done like volumetric capture like that in 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 skyrim to kind of approximate what was behind your character but you could step out of your your skyrim character and see like this that kind of volume those volumetric shadows happening and it was really Mm. neat to be able to see in that environment and kind of look around you and stuff things that hadn't been rendered yet but yeah the dual camera thing is is pretty neat but this whole concept of like volumetric capture so difficult like you've seen some of those rooms right where they've got like 300 cameras so that they eliminate you know they make it all a nearly perfect scene like how you do that it's just there's a lot of science going behind this it's like puzzling places right you know you've got these kind of puzzles that are made from volumetric captures but what's so impressive with this is that it's being streamed in real time and like i hadn't seen that before um i'm impressed at your comment about latency though like that's that's the toughest part when you're talking about mechatronics like um you normally have a fair amount of latency, even if you're there operating the machine in person, you know? Yeah, it was fine. Like, I don't know how how it would be if you were doing it from the other side of the world, but certainly from like, you know, 80 miles away, perfectly mm. viable. Yeah, perfectly viable. Super. Really cool experience. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. So next next uh, time we're going to see Mike make a robot video where it's uh, Mike Mike's robot arm around the world. And then he tests to see, like, you know, Mike in China, Mike in Russia, Mike in America, <laughs> and then see what the latency is like. And just make yeah. it themed around that, you know, like America, you, you make hamburgers. And <laughs> I, I, lo- I love this stuff. I love this yeah, stuff. It's, it's amazing, dude. It's next it's, level. It's the kind of stuff that I would have loved to watch, you know, and I'd have watched on, like, Tomorrow's World or The Gadget Show or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find this stuff fascinating. But, yeah, that's what I've been up to uh, past couple of weeks. Um <laughs> So before we get into the news, maybe we should thank uh, the sponsor of uh, the show. Uh, I don't know if Rowdy's disappeared to push the buttons, actually. I'm here. Oh, sorry. He's, he's like, he's like, he's like yeah, sponsor. Yeah, yeah. No he way. He was talking Bye. to our sponsor was, on the side. There was someone at the door. That's why. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Sponsor. Yeah, sponsor was at the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Make yeah, sure you play the video. Hey, hey, hey. Don't forget. 
<laughs> so yeah, we should thank the sponsor of the show, and that is Val, which stands for the Virtual Athletics League. They sponsored us on the show last year, but they're back once again with their VR Winter Games for 2022. The Winter Games actually kicks off on the 26th of February, which is just next week, and it's going to be a series of online tournaments, fitness challenges, and fun events that you can enter and compete for your opportunity to win thousands in cash prizes. They're going to be hosting tournaments for plenty of VR games, such as uh, Real VR Fishing, Loco Dojo, Blast On, Rec Room Paintball, and Hyperdash. And every tournament has a cash prize pool of at least $1,000, along with Quest 2 headsets, which can be won, and Hyperdash alone has a prize pool of $5,000. It's a lot of cash. So if wow. you think you've got what it takes to take on the VR Winter Games, check out the tournament schedule, which is uh, available over at onearena.gg, which we've linked in the description down below. Yeah. Very nice. I, can can you repeat the games again that, the, that, that we'll be competing with? Sure. Uh, so you've got Real VR Fishing, uh, Loco Dojo, Blast On, Rec Room, Paintball, and Hyperdash. And that's just a few of the games. They're, they're, they're hosting more yeah. than that, actually. That's already um, a wide variety of like genres, right? Yeah. 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 So you should <laughs> get your dad you in there. Competing? Get your dad in there for the fishing wall. Loco Dojo? thousand bucks. Like, holy Loco cow. Loco Dojo. Yeah. 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 Dojo, doesn't have a yeah. chance. Remember when we played? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at the pig one with the whip. Yes, very good at that. Very practiced. It's, it... <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, baby Grogu. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oneArena.gg for uh, the VR Winter Games. So let's get into the news. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is a quick update from the last show where I talked about some upcoming VR games that you should have on your radar. Uh, one of those games was Vox Machina from developers Space Bullet as they were announcing they're bringing a full single-player story campaign to the game. And we were super hyped for it because we're a big fan of like the way the mechs feel in that game. You basically are a mech pilot. But previously, it was just like an online multiplayer mode where you take on other mechs. Uh, but now it's they're getting this full single-player campaign. The cool thing is that what I didn't realize at the time was that they're also bringing it to Quest, uh, which is awesome. Oh. It wasn't so announced is, at the time. Yeah, it wasn't announced true. at the time. It wasn't announced at the time. Um, so yeah, if you're a Quest owner and you're looking for like a mech game, you should definitely have your little beady eyes on this one. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's great playing multiplayer. The way, like I said, the, the cabin feels, it's kind of like shaking and hulking around. So you really feel like you're in this like, huge hulking mech. And they've even got bigger mechs, uh, apparently, in this story mode, uh, which is coming. Um, from their latest trailer, it states that the game will be coming as soon as the 3rd of March to both Quest and PC users via Steam. So, yeah, definitely uh, worth having on your radar for sure. That's, a, that's an amazing release. I mean, that is going to kill. That is going to slay on Quest, I'm telling you now, because it is one of the best team games and you can get like a, you know, a, I think it's up to an 8v8 match going, like 16 wow. players. Uh, and it's it just feels... Uh, play it. Buy it, play yeah, it. Space I, Bullet did an amazing job. Um, it, I, I can't wait to see how, how well they crafted it over because uh, some of the lighting in that game was really nice and I imagine they're going to have to drop a fair bit of the lighting uh, to make it quest where the you know like sh- dynamic shadows and stuff like that is normally where we see um them them kind of earn the performance they need to to fit the game on on quest i'm just so i'm so thrilled like I, i'm beside myself thrilled that this is coming and on quest because i don't have to wait for my ring to show up to play this so you know the second this lands like i can't wait it's gonna be, it's and gonna i'm be so also happy fun. for the devs because they're going to be able to recoup a lot of the investment they've put into this game through the quest because as we know the quest store is just like monumental compared to pc vr stores um it's so. finally it's for you're basically saying it's finally launching well, well yeah essentially <laughs> it, it, yeah 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I was I was thinking the same thing. This is uh, this is exactly what the Eye of the Temple devs need to do, right? They built an amazing game. They launched it on PC VR. It didn't get quite as much attention as I think it probably deserves to. But if it launched on Quest, it would, again, that's another title that I think would really do well because it's quite unique in what it does. And this one, again, just to, just to mention it, they're bringing a full-on campaign, which is mm -hmm. so cool. Um, so you awesome. know, people like Rowdy who don't like people, they can enjoy this when <laughs> it lands. You don't, have to, you, don't, you don't have to worry about getting with people. And I think, I, I don't know if you saw the news there, um, but we had another... Uh, kind of death from the Steam store, you know, they, they pulled um, Bridge Crew, which is another great yes. multiplayer game. And it's like, we've seen it with other Ubisoft titles as well. They're starting to pull things off the shelf that we used to play. And um, it's, it's hard to see that. But that's why having this spine of single player is critical for longevity in these titles you know so i'm i'm, I'm so glad to see that <clears throat> so so it's like basically space, space yeah space space junkies fucking yeah. hell yeah that could have had that a campaign was, like unreal tournament i mean that would have been really cool that was a really cool game that was a really cool game it deserved to do way better than it did it's just that they launched it at a ridiculously high price um yeah, that was the 60? problem with that game and at the wrong yeah, time. too late Way too late. If they'd launched it two years earlier, like back when it was a demo, even early access, it would have done a exactly. really good job exactly. at, at a decent yeah. price, like like twenty bucks, not fifty. It, it, it was it was a bad move by them. I, I think that could come back. You know that IP still has merit, and they should Definitely. really consider doing the same thing. Questify it, bring it out, bring follow the Vox model, right? Give it a campaign, and you're sorted. Definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, also, thanks to Squeaks uh, in the chat, by the way. Thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for getting me into VR, by the way. Oh, you're very welcome, dude. Thank you. Mm. Um, so now let's talk about more about the Quest 2 and Meta because we've got some news from them. Uh, if you're based in the US, you were probably knee-deep in beer and chicken wings last weekend watching the Super Bowl. And may, many of you may have seen Meta's new ad for the Quest 2 during the show. It's quite an unusual one. Um, did you guys see the this this ad? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's actually two cuts of the ad. There's a, there's a longer extended version and there's a, there's mm -hmm. a standard one. Saw both of those and uh, managed to actually go okay. to Questies as well. So I'll talk to you about that. Now. Oh, you did go to Questies. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that's going to be interesting. Um, so if you missed the ad, let me kind of describe it to you. It's kind of more like a short story than an ad. It's, it's clear they took inspiration from like John Lewis, uh, the Christmas ads that we see here in the UK, a bit unusual and weird. Um, but it basically revolved around this kind of band of puppets that play at like a Chuck E. Cheese type place. We don't actually have Chuck E. Cheese here in the UK, but, you know, think of like a Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, Freddy Fazbear's restaurant. That's kind of what it looks like, right? We also don't have right? that here, but yeah, yeah. But I'm just right. imagining someone who has no idea what a Chuck E. Cheese is, and now they're they're thinking, why would I ever bring my kids to Freddy Fazbear's place <laughs> for pizza? <laughs> well, that, well that, that's what Five Nights at Freddy's is based on, right? At yeah, that's, what it's based. It is, it is. that's how Absolutely. I found out about the, the, the whole like real thing in, yeah. in the US. Because the closest you have. What's the closest oh, you have in the UK? It's probably um, the Wax Museum. Uh, Whatchamacallit? Wax Museum. Madame Two Swords? Yeah, Madame Tussauds is probably the closest. <laughs> that's very different, right? <laughs> that's so you don't eat pizza at Madame Tussauds. I'm really no. stretching. Is there anything like it? Are there any animatronics in the UK, like restaurants? I don't, I don't think, think so. I've never seen one. I've never seen one. No. Anyway, Pity. we digress. It's wow. a Chuck E. Cheese type place. <laughs> There's like a band, a band of puppets. They're all playing. And then over time, the place kind of empties. It gets older. The store closes down. The, puppet, the, the puppets are kind of disbanded. The band is over. One of the puppets, he gets sold to a pawn shop. He then like falls off the back of a truck. He gets scooped up and almost put in like a compressor where he gets crushed to death. 
But he gets rescued from that and then later put in a, like a museum exhibit where a guy who's wearing a Quest 2 in an exhibit, why, I don't know, puts the Quest 2 on this bear's head. He enters Horizon Worlds where there's a world called Questies, which looks very similar to his kind of Chuck E. Cheese old restaurant. And he's reunited with his old bandmates and they play the song, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. It's super weird. It's super weird for an ad for a VR headset. But apparently, according to my American friends, that's kind of the goal for these Super Bowl ads. Apparently, they're supposed to be weird. And in a way, I think it's almost part of the marketing in that a lot of people talk about how weird they are, like we are now. Um, and it gets people talking about their products. I kind of don't think it's a great idea. I think, bearing in mind, they spent, what, $10 million on this ad. They could have use something a little bit better that actually sells VR because I don't think this ad sells VR or something, I don't know. something that was also weird, but was more VR you're saying. Yeah. But I just don't know who this appeals to. Like, does this appeal to kids? Is this for parents? Uh, that I are like, like it. no, nostalgia for, for I really fairies. Like I, I don't know who this is for. It's for, well, for, well, for bo boomer people who watch the Super Bowl. Exactly. The, I do. I think it's, I think it's for the thirties and forties year olds, American audience. Uh, right. Because it, it struck a chord with me. Now, I can see why you think it's bizarre and strange <laughs> yeah. and weird and all those things. Um, <laughs> but someone who like, and, and I don't watch the Super Bowl. I'm not a football guy, right? I just, I'm not. Um, yeah. But seeing the ad on its own, not sandwiched in between rounds of football and sports and big guys who grunt at each other. I really liked the kind of downtrodden, like depressing vibe that it gives you. Because it, it does this whole like U-turn between happy, lots of sadness, and then, oh, we're back to kind of, we got back together again. And, and I think that a lot of people who are in their, you know, 30s and 40s will have disconnected from their friends, particularly over the last two years, will have gone through a bunch of shit that they just don't feel good about. And Quest is kind of offering you the open door to say, like, come back together, plug in with your friends. It doesn't do a good job of demonstrating the capability of the Quest at all. All it does is it shows you just the, like the little seed at the end to be like, mm -hmm. oh, you can go and do Quest. And I think in that short little blip, you have to watch it several times to kind of get it. I don't think you, I would have walked away and said, I'm going to go check out what a quest is. So from that side, advertising wise, it is bizarre, but I actually uh -huh. really liked it. As somebody who used to, you know, I grew up at Chuck E. Cheese's and um, that it gave me that lovely vibe. But like at the end, I felt that little twinkle of like, oh, magic, you know, it was nice. So, but I get, I get your stance and I get why a lot of people hate it, but um, uh, I'm, 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 I, I, I understand cool. that statement, but I'm on the completely opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Uh, like and and the problem that I have again with this is that um, I agree with like you know like oh people you know they they, they want to get together this and that but then when you see it comes from Meta it, it it's just a problem you know it just becomes a problem because and I and I just looked what was the top comment on the video as well and I think that's like again like what a lot of people like you know think about it when they hear oh, it's, it's Facebook or it's Meta. The top, the top comment is from, from Actually. Uh, it says, in, in, in quotation marks, we destroyed your world so you could now come play in ours. Meta. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and, wow. and I, and I kind of get that feeling. like Because I, I thought that indeed there was a very depressing kind of way in like the, 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 the world is being portrayed. You know, this, the world that we live in is just not good enough and like everything is depressing and everything is bad. That's why we have this brand new thing for you that you can come and try out and it's all like fluffy and all like nice and this and that. It's just not real. You know, the, the real world is not depressing. And the virtual world is not fun either, because if you go into, I mean, if you at the moment go into Facebook Horizons or like Horizon Worlds or wherever they changed it to, 
it's more like the first part of the video. It's dead, there's nothing to do, it's dry. I mean, it, it's just not how VR is. So a lot of people who would get tricked by this, they, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just, it just rubs me the wrong way. That's what it is. I, I do agree with you, Rowdy, because I think, you know, the main use case for the Quest 2 right now is gaming. And I think they should just leverage that and just say, look, yeah. this is how awesome gaming is yeah, in but, VR. Uh, but, but the thing is, and I'm sure I'm, I'm, pre I'm preempting what Nathie's going to say, is that they're, they're changing tact here. They're moving away from the gaming side and saying, look, our, yeah. look at our amazing, amazing social <laughs> world with Horizon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but honestly, I, I don't feel like Horizon it dif dif um, separates itself enough from like VR chat or Rec Room or big screen, which well, you know have been around for years. I don't think it offers anything drastically different enough is, for people to say I'm going to go in Horizon instead. Yeah, the problem is like like Horizon. If it was ready to go, then this commercial could have worked in a way. Um, but the thing is, even if this commercial is successful and people jump into Horizon, then they'll find out that there's not much going on in there yet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that's the problem. And the, and the thing is, um, if you then, you know, have this big Super Bowl commercial and you bet so, so massively on your like social thing that they pump money in because th this, this horizon thing is something they want to be successful, like Rec Room and VR, they became successful because the community chose it as a place to stay in and live in. And that's why it feels more uh like organic feels more real well this even in the commercial you can kind of feel it, it feels kind of dystopian almost mm, kind of like yeah. going from from sad to more sadness that's kind yeah. of how i see yeah. it uh because the thing and, and that that's because i know why this app how this app got created once you know if you, let's say you replace this with vr chat or rec room we would have had a different discussion here mm, but it, it, it's meta so you already have a certain taste and I think that's, for us, it's hard to kind of, you know, because we're not the target audience. So the people who see the Super Bowl are not really into the whole meta thing, are not necessarily into tech from like this deep perspective, um, are not going to mind so much. But I still think that even, let's say, boomers who jump into Horizon will find out that there is no sustenance there. There is no real thing going on there that's what mm -hmm. i haven't played it so i'm just like i'm just talking about what i've seen so far well, maybe yeah. we should but, speak to zim yeah. then how did you find it because you jumped into questies which yeah. is this like chuck e cheese yeah well i went to questies place. last i did kind of three main things in horizon it was my first time in horizon this was last night mm -hmm. and um i was like oh i just want to i just want to see what this is you know before it all just kind of fades out or whatever now that you can so, <laughs> now that i can i actually didn't know i was like do i have to pay for it or be part of a program. So I just looked at the store. I was like, okay, I can just go straight in. Great. So I, so I did. Uh, first thing that, that kind of caught my eye was, um, again, the, the, the negatives, right? Textures and all that kind of stuff. It really pales in comparison. It's like a very basic version of a rec room, right? It, um, there were plenty of people there. Uh, I will say that. So in the rooms that I went to, you know, it was like 32 out of 32 people, that type of thing. Uh, so there were plenty of people to bump into. My very first experience, I will say, was bang on par with rec room was this a kid screaming profanities at me after that however that was my only negative from a social perspective uh, and then there was a bunch of um mostly adults in there that i was rubbing shoulders with hearing conversations went to a comedy club i thought there was going to be a comedian there was a mic on the stand the mic wasn't like in alt space you know if you take a microphone off it'll yeah kind of god voice you so you can kind of hear but um, people were trying to crack some jokes. People were just kind of in groups of five or six pockets talking to each other. It was a bunch of people, mostly stateside, I could tell, from the accents and things like that. And they were telling each other where they lived and stuff like that. And um, 
it was quite nice. It was kind of like just walk it into a hangout joint. Um, so that part I was kind of surprised about because I was expecting it to be dead as a doornail. And so mm -hmm. I liked that bit. And then I went on to, I'll skip the second part, but I ended up in, in Questies because I was like, okay, that, that's kind of my destination where I wanted to, to head. Bit of a dark room. Um, and the first thing I played was, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, table ice hockey game. Air hockey. Um, air hockey. So I played an air hockey game and it was pretty lagged to the point of not making it very fun. Some lady came up and I invited her up and she joined me. We were playing or whatever. Um, you invited her up? What's that? You invited her up immediately? Well, it's, it's kind of on wow. a... <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> Cute. Uh, there's like a staircase up to the air hockey table. So mm. I, I was knocking it back and forth with... God, that's this sounding wrong now. Knocking it back on and the, forth with On her. the air hockey table. On the air oh, hockey it. table. And it was pretty <laughs> lagged. And then I did a couple of other games. It was a shooting game and stuff. But they were all like... They all paled in comparison. They all were like rubbish versions of something you could do in the other social apps. But the people who were in there, the majority of them were new questers, and they didn't mind. And I was like, I just wanted to have a megaphone and be like, guys, it's not this rubbish. It's, there's way better stuff, like way better stuff. It's going to blow your mind. And the thing is, I got this vibe of like, they didn't really mind. They were nice. Like they, were, they really enjoyed the social side. I probably mm. bumped shoulders with about 50, 60 people and talking to them and stuff like that. And um they seem, and this is this is the part where it kind of opened my mind of like this is platform level social platform, and even if it's crap, because someone walked down to Walmart or whatever, picked up the headset, went home, and connected with strangers from afar, that's going to be enough for them. You know what I mean? And then the, and then the next thing that they experience, they'll get they'll, that'll be the primary entry point, and then they'll go off to something else. So even though I still think it's and not that's great, the audience they want to reach, right? Yeah, so I shows. think it's going to end up working for them, um, which I really will, but, they, but they, but, yeah. but with that, and that's what I, I see happening now is they're going to like leave the gaming side because they seem to being betting way bigger on social than on the on the gaming side, and I think maybe they should because, well, gaming is is also a total different ball game, you know. To I don't know, I don't know. I like I I just don't like I don't feel like I'm the person who. Who is like who this is made for? Although yeah. I still want to try it, I still think that as Mike said, you know, he was joking about maybe Horizon, this VR experience coming out earlier. I think the reason why they still can't open it is because Europe is cracking down big time on Meta, and it's hard for them to release anything at this point mm. in Europe, especially these like social things as well. If I so, had to hazard a guess as to why they can't, it's because of the you know their system for safety, which they alert you to when you join, where they're taking voice clips and they're they're broadcasting yeah. kind of. On oh, a rolling yeah, basis, yeah. like a CCTV, they're they're capturing you the whole time. I I would bet that the legislation requirements for that yeah. to come over into into various countries is what's blocking them at the moment, or being yeah. a, but it, know, a speed bump. It, but at this point, and I tweeted about this, is that um, like Meta is now going beyond like communicating that this Horizon thing is is for. Uh, the North American people, right? Where first they put disclaimers on everything. Now they they don't care anymore. They just tweet it out. They upload trailers. They do everything. But every day you see people trying to download this or find it. And they're like, oh, I can't play it. So you really feel left out now uh, if, if you're here uh, yeah. on all sides. You know, it starts to feel like a very American VR business uh yeah. you know what and, i mean i'll have a story for you a bit later on um, when we get into releases that's similar to that but i mean this whole idea of like region locked experiences 
is difficult for, I think, our, I'll say our generation, gluing probably three generations together, you know, it's, it's tough for us to take it because we're used to the internet. We're used to open borders. You know, we don't mm. live in China or Russia or somewhere where they're trying to gatekeep Well, that, the yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? But like, that's what it feels like. It feels to us like, the fuck is this? This feels like communism or whatever. I'm not mm. anti-communist or plus, anything. Plus, plus, and, and, and you need to also, like, we're, we're consumers. We're also trying to do our job. And we can't do our job because they're not allowing us to try things. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I think you guys won't be enamored with it. I think you'll be like, it's no, what I but expected it's, it to be. It's, it's like, it's interest, you know, common interest. And it's like knowledge too, to understand how, what is this? Like, what is uh, Horizon? Who plays it? Like you said, like, yeah. now I understand. Okay, average Joes, that's the kind of people you meet, you know? But the one thing that works really well in that environment, I thought, was the way the facial animation, the mouth, your custom avatar works together. Yeah, like the avatars new are amazing. Oculus avatar system yeah, is no, working very well in that social dynamic. There's still, of course, the terrible uncanny valley of I'm not looking at a human being, but it does. It feels fine on a yeah. On a, you know, and when I tried it in Horizon level. workrooms, which I assume is the same system, it was really good. Actually, workrooms yeah. is workrooms. Aside from the absolutely horrendously painful setup process, which feels like you're going through ten different web check on forms and signing things up. It's amazing what it does. Did you try out the um, workrooms part where it does the punch through camera and you can write on your desk, for example, yeah. and it uses pass through? Yeah, yeah, that was great. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I would recommend for people, because workrooms is free, it's worth the pain of going through an hour's worth of setup or 40 minutes mm -hmm. of setup with another person just to try that out. It's really neat to mm -hmm. kind of draw. It's weird. You draw with the butt of a Quest controller as <laughs> yeah, if it's yeah, a yeah. fat pen. And it works it's, it's, very well. Very well. It does. It does. So I'm looking but, forward but to like, that sometime in future, that tech. But like what Nathie said with this ad and, and their sort of pivot away from gaming looks like, you know, they're aiming more to the social side. I, I'm sort of feeling that disconnect between me as a consumer and my, you know, wants and needs from the product. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm kind of being left out a little bit, you know, because I, at the end of the day, I'm not really interested in social VR. You know, I'm a VR gamer. That's what I would say. I'm in it for the games. And, and seeing this pivot and the name change and everything else, I'm kind of like feel like I'm losing that affinity with the brand that I love for so many years. And mm. and, and that for me well, is it, a problem. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they, they bought, like they technically bought a gaming company, you know, Oculus was to me also like a gaming uh, company and now they're completely changing it up. Like there's mm. nothing left of what's Oculus, you know, there's mm. nothing left. So it, it's, you kind of yeah. need to stick with this. But I like, I agree with you, Mike. Like I start to look at Meta more as like a, like for my like work kind of thing, what I'm doing on YouTube, more is like, okay, they're a company to do VR, but I start to feel less and less a connection, like an emotional mm. connection I used to have, uh, like I had with Oculus, you know, where it's more, okay, they do their thing. They they must be doing something good for the VR scene, but it's, it's hard to really, well, that's why I think you and I are starting to like lean more and more towards like, you know, PlayStation now and, and, and really almost you know, longing for like this gaming like thing again, where, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. And, and, you know, we should, we should mention about the numbers because they also revealed those. Um, they had a meeting recently and revealed that uh, Horizon and venues are seeing around 300,000 monthly active users. And as we know, you know, most of those users are going to be US, uh, Canada. Uh, Upload VR compared this to Rec Room, um, you know, because obviously they're very similar. Rec Room has been around for a long, long time. Rec Room actually six months ago reported that they're having 1 million active monthly users across all VR platforms. But of course, that's just not Quest. You know, they've also got PSVR and Steam to make up those numbers as well. 
Um, but a similar sort of story from Darshan at Big Screen. He chimed in on Twitter recently stating that Big Screen has a significantly larger amount of monthly users than both Horizon and Venues, venues combined. Uh, but again, uh, Big Screen is available on both Quest and Steam, whereas Horizon Worlds yeah. is only available on Quest right now and only locked to US and Canada. Uh, I, I do think it's you very can early use days. Big for... Screen flat, right? So those numbers will be polluted to some degree. as not not just isn't that isn't that possible? I think on rec, I think rec room use flat, rec room flat. You can play rec room flat, but can't Big Screen also be used flat? Am I no, wrong? no, no. Okay. Yeah, and I, it is very early days for these meta platforms. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, the thing is they need to differentiate themselves from these other big social platforms that have been around for years and years and years and have a passionate and dedicated community already built around these apps. And and they need to do something drastically different enough to think, okay, well, instead of going to Rec Room, instead of going to VR Chat, instead of going to Big Screen, I'm going to go Horizon instead. But mm. whether they'll be able to pull that off, I have no well, idea. Uh, but Hopefully they don't think that uh, that it's like the NFT and the crypto stuff that is that is going to make it happen. NFTs in gaming, we've seen time no, and time we... again, can just get lost. Gamers do not want <laughs> NFTs in their games. Um, but I'm saying is... in Horizon, like in this social thing. Who knows? Who it's knows? coming. It's absolutely coming. Because Who knows? Uh, and the way I see it, Mike, I see it a little different uh, to you because the other the other social platforms have to compete shoulder to shoulder. But if you're the platform... Right, they could literally make it that that startup home environment that you are, you're right into Horizon. Like that's where you start. You don't even you don't have to open an app or anything. You start there. And to Nathie's point about like the NFT side, right? You want another fancy jacket? You want to show off to your friends? It's gonna again. It's gonna be on on the back of that spine. That's the social arm, and it'll be there. And uh, that, they've already expressed an interest in monetizing that that store and owning. That's that gonna be a difficult world. nut to crack though i think because the gaming market is vehemently against yeah, nfts but, but let's say they target like this average joe audience that zim met in horizon that's a Maybe. different story Maybe. let's say like let's say you exactly. watch this commercial right and you 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 watch the super bowl and they say like well we had like 500 super bowl t-shirts that you could get in horizon that's where it starts you're like wow i want that t-shirt so they get into it and then I, I do believe it's going to happen. Like in, I think in social worlds, it's easier to kind of roll that into it. Mm. But yeah, as you said, gaming, because then uh, gaming is a total, like I also defend that realm myself mm. uh, in terms of it, NFTs. It will, but it I think in social... For and, gaming, once you can build a character cross games. Well, yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a problem. You know, like like Master Chief isn't going to work in like Rec Room, for example. You know what I mean? In Minecraft. I do think that is going to happen like in, eventually. Then you yeah, can build a knows? character and then you can, for example, play Horizon maybe, maybe Zero Dawn like a as the Master that's Chief like on my rocking chair and I'm like, I don't like, like this new stuff. I, 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 don't I think I honestly, so the, the picture that Rowdy just painted to me is exactly when they unveiled the meta name. You remember the robot and all the other characters sitting around the table? I mean, that's what they imagined already for this universe. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is the pollutant, we're going to call it that for the moment, because I know none of us like it as gamers. The pollutant of NFTs is going to enter via social. And then those, as, as Nathie says, the kind of more casual gamer type will bring it in slowly because they'll just be accepting it as, it as it leeches into games. And then it'll be with us. And I think that's well, an inevitable future, unfortunately, yeah. because of the yeah. money behind it. 
Did you also hear this story about people trying to go to the Foo Fighters in yep. venues and then yeah. it just didn't really work? Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we're, we're going to run out of time. Otherwise, we're going to be like a three-hour show. Yeah. But yeah, I heard it was a bit of a mess. Uh, if you're interested in following that story, Kent Bai did a great thread on his yeah, experience with the Foo Fighters. Wow. Um, but yeah, apparently it was like an oversubscribed event. There was a lot of people trying to get in there. The servers couldn't really handle it. They crashed a lot. And then apparently the experience inside, once they did get in, wasn't particularly yeah. great. But I'm just surprised that like Meta is still doing these like uh, 3D kind of cameras, right? That you can like then watch from different angles. Why are they not going for what Fortnite did with like Travis Scott or what VRChat did with like Sean Paul or something? Yeah. Like why are they not? Why is it still so old school? Because they don't have the you, audience. Not, for not it. Sean Paul. You mean Jean? Uh, Jean. 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 Jean Michael Gier. Jean Michael. Jean Gier. Whatever the other guy, the other Sean. The other Sean. You get my point, but yes. you know you have different ways of doing concerts, and I think the Foo Fighters would have benefited from that. Yeah. You know they could have like you could have put them on like a Super Bowl stadium or something. And yeah. But I don't think cool, they have uh, the audience for doing that. Off. They don't have a Fortnite audience. They don't have an audience. A Fortnite that can bring audience. That many. <sighs> yeah, it's not mature enough. That many people. I, I, it's not mature yeah. enough. Yeah. Jean the Michael Jean. Jean Michael Jean. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. The maturity isn't there yet in the audience in terms of the count and the, the outlay that you're going to have to give for the equipment. But it's yeah. coming. It's coming. But, It'll be there like eventually. Eric, but like you, Eric, I feel I, every time I watch one of those, you kind of yeah. feel like this is old school tech. I mean, this is like tech yeah. that we were struggling with in a Gear VR five years ago, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, this is like, what the hell am I it watching? Just well, it's just whereas, not that immersive. I mean, it's kind oh, of it's cool. Not. If you're a big fan, then you're going to enjoy it. But it's just not the tipping point of mm. entertainment. You Absolutely. Know? I, I said I wouldn't dwell on it, the Foo Fighters thing, but I just <laughs> want to mention a comment from Eric Hartley in the chat. He said it wasn't 3D cameras even, it was monoscopic 180 VR. So you didn't even get that kind of 3D effect of, of being there with the Foo Fighters, which is, you know, a missed <laughs> opportunity, I think. But and anyway, the weird thing um, is, in venues, I'll just mention one more thing. If you were watching, like, um, Gavin <laughs> Frey and those guys... Thing. No, this isn't... Well, I'm just saying... Yeah, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> that stuff is normally monoscopic in, in venues. Like, normally you don't get that content. And it's really weird because there are things that have crossed over between the Oculus platform where you can watch it outside of venues and see it in stereo, but then in venues, they restrict it to mono. And it's like... Why, why didn't they build weird. the interconnects? It's very strange, yeah. right? So that's I hope weird. they fix that. Yeah, they need to fix that. In other news, just rounding up the kind of meta news, um, Quest 2 continues to dominate the Steam VR hardware survey, with the Quest 2 representing over 46% of all VR headsets using Steam VR. So no surprise, really, how capable the headset is and you know how, how cheap it is. But yeah, a crazy number. Yeah, well, um, but also, if you look at the hardware that got sold recently, no one has really succeeded. Like I still yeah. have to meet someone who's still wearing a Vive Flow on their heads or do, you know, like there's no other hardware really that is really penetrating the consumer market right now. Definitely also not like available. Vive Flow is maybe, well, yeah. Definitely yeah. You know, not. Like if you Next. want a Quest 2, you can get a Quest 2. Yeah. Uh, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, next, the next headset on the list was Valve Index at 14.36%. Um, and then you have... Rift S still holding on strong at thirteen point ten percent, and then the original Vive seven point three one percent. So original Vive, Vive. Yeah. So really, nothing comes close in terms of 
But Steam I think I think I think Steam is not so concerned because they're laughing their asses off because they're like, haha, look at the people. They don't have like they're not going to Oculus Home, but they go to Steam to play games. I think they have like a key position here. Well, the Oculus PC platform, you know, has been abandoned for such yeah. a long time. Well, that's now, what I'm no saying. Surprise. So they go to yeah. Steam. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yep. But maybe we should, uh, while on the subject of the Valve Index and Steam hardware surveys, maybe we should talk about Valve next then. I, I was going to talk about another headset first, but I'll talk about this because it kind of matches. It's a good segue. Um, because if you're a, a Valve Index owner, you might be happy to hear that they're going to be partnering with website iFixit to offer replacement mm. parts for the Valve Index. So you can repair it yourself if something bad happens, which I think is actually pretty awesome. I think this is great for any company to do. Um, apparently, this isn't the first VR headset to do this. Um, apparently, HTC partnered with iFixit in the past with the original Vive. Uh, and it, even now, if you go onto the iFixit website, you can see a whole list of individual components that make up the, uh, the HTC Vive um, to replace it. And this comes down to lenses, displays, control board, coverings for the headset, straps, everything, which is amazing, really. Um, this announcement was made via the official Steam News Hub um, where they announced that iFixit will become authorized sellers of replacement parts for their upcoming handheld PC, the Steam Deck. A lot mm -hmm. of hype around that, obviously. Um, but they also announced that alongside the Steam Deck, they're also going to be offering parts for the Valve Index, uh, which is really cool, I think. Um, and it's weird because when I was looking at the details, I was like, I can't believe the Index is, th is almost three years old now. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. T time crazy. has marched on very quickly since the Index launched. And uh... yeah. I'm looking forward to the next one. It's definitely going to happen. Of course, like we we talked yeah. about, sadly, it's Bradley um, predictions around like the Valve Decade. Uh, you can go back a few episodes to listen to that. Um, but you know, I think because it's three years old now, there's going to be a lot of headsets out of warranty and you know broken headsets potentially. And instead of investing all that money into a brand new headset, the fact that you can just buy a part and you know. It's going to take a little bit of work, of course, to strip it down and put it back together. But iFixit normally have pretty decent video guides on how to do this uh, so you don't break anything even further. But yeah, I think it's great. What I would love to see, uh, you know, tailing on the back of this would be the the ability to upgrade your headset with components, you know, because as oh, yeah. time goes on, parts become cheaper or more widely available. And maybe you want to swap out your Fresnel lenses or your Fresnel lenses, sorry, for like pancake lenses, for example, or you want to upgrade like the displays in there. Obviously, that's not like a rudimentary thing. You can't just swap out a higher res display. But if something like that was possible, I think that would be well, really, really cool. That's that's what <laughs> didn't Razer that tried that with the uh, OSVR, where it was like uh, a moddable headset. But right. uh, I don't think that really went didn't anywhere take in the end. The, right. the, the thing factor. is, like, I always like these uh, these ideas and these like, uh, you know, modifiable kind of things. But the reality with like consumer electronics is that it, it rarely happens, right? We've said that about phones that oh, it would be so cool mm. to like have your camera switch out and your battery can switch out and this and that. But ultimately what it came down to, they, they became slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. And le, le, like if something becomes like swappable, it needs to be a bit bulkier. And I don't exactly. see that happening with VR headsets, uh, at least not at this point. Maybe in, a, in in the future that they manage to do something like that. But uh, I think that what we're going to see is uh, it's not something that is swappable, but I think more streamlined. I think that's the direction that we're going to. Plus, like, fast food hardware still sells way better than having people to replace it. So, you know, it's not where yeah. the money is, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you were going to say something, Zim? No, no, no. I just uh, okay. basically the same thing Rowdy's saying. Same. I agree okay. that um, from an engineering perspective, 
Yeah, exactly. High five. Canadian brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah a little, wow. little bromance Woo. moment there. I feel left yeah, out. I feel kind of, yeah, I kind of yeah. feel... Uh, uh, you can give me the high five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll save it for later. Um, so Valve, they're still hammering out the details right now, so it's not available right now on the iFixit website, but apparently will be coming soon alongside the Steam Deck, which is also pretty exciting as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that, especially if you've got a broken index that you want to repair, you know, that's sitting on the, sh- the shelf somewhere. But pretty cool from Valve, I think. Um, yeah. Yep. So let's talk about a, a new VR headset. This is this is new stuff. It's been a while since we've talked about a new VR headset, but this nice. is a pretty interesting one. Won't appeal to everyone, but interesting nevertheless. Uh, this is a VR headset called the Simula One. It's it's unique in that it's designed purely as an office-focused standalone VR headset built on Linux. So just for productivity, mm. built on Linux. So I say that again. VR. So the, the standalone. Yep. Linux. Yep. But use productivity. What was the office? Oh, productivity. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, for business productivity use. Architects. Yeah, I like anything that is Linux. Anything that is Linux. I've been wanting to get a Linux phone even. Like anything that is Linux, I love. So I'm already in love with this. I don't care what the specs are. Okay, you you might might, might get a bit upset about the price, but I'll (laughs) save that for the end. Um, So they state the headset provides comparable functionality to any Linux laptop or PC, but in an all-in-one VR headset. The similar one team state the benefits of a headset like this are persistent, always-on computing, wherever you are, you're able to walk and think and just put this thing on and work. So they they do, they have like a video, I don't know if you're showing this, Rowdy, but where he's putting it on in like a coffee shop and there's like all these people (laughs) around him with laptops and they're kind of like looking on it in, in envy at this guy putting on a VR headset and working in VR. Kind of funny ad. I don't know if some, I don't know how people would react in reality <laughs> if someone was doing this, but I thought it was kind of uh, interesting. They say that, you know, you can have 10 more screens uh, in a VR headset like this than you can on a PC or a laptop, which we, we've always talked about that in terms of productivity, <sighs> the benefit being that you can have multiple displays, you know, giving you all the information that you need at yep. one one time. Um, they say that, you know, if you're in VR, you're more focused because you're immersed in your VR environment. You're not being distracted by your mobile phone. Again, we've kind of talked about this in the past about watching movies in VR with big screen that, you know, you're not distracted by the the real world when you're in that environment. It's kind of almost a better way to watch a movie in that sense. Um, they say this headset has six degrees of freedom uh, hand tracking. Uh, they have an AR pass-through mode. Uh, so you can see your keyboards and surroundings. And I think in this video, the, the lady even gives him a coffee and you can see her in full yeah. stereo. He, he had a little bit of trouble through. drinking that coffee, though. Did, did you see that? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. yeah, he's missing his, his coffee straw, that's for sure. Um, this headset will connect with Bluetooth keyboards, uh, mice uh, using uh, Bluetooth. Contains the highly customizable open source Simula OS, which is based on Linux. Spec-wise, we've got a pretty impressive spec sheet here. Really high resolution display. We're talking 2448, so 2448 by 2448 pixels per eye, uh, which is one of the highest resolutions we've seen in a VR headset. You know, like, um, what is it? PSVR 2 is going to be 2000 by 2000, roughly. Uh, This is going to have 100 degree field of view running at 90 hertz refresh rate. So pretty standard in terms of specs there. But like I said, it does feature this kind of like high resolution RGB camera AR pass-through, so full stereo color pass-through, which is impressive. This is where things get a bit crazy, and it kind of separates itself from the pack. In the, at the back of this headset, it has a module, and in this module is essentially an 11th-gen 
NUC from Intel. So I don't know if you're aware of the Intel NUC. It's basically a really small form factor PC. PC. But basically, they've, yeah. they've taken the guts out of that and put it on the back of this, this, head, this head strap. Uh, and this contains, this is mental, an i7 processor, 16 gigabytes of memory, onboard graphics from Iris XE, one terabyte SSD, Wi-Fi 6, Bluetooth 5.2, a 3.5mm audio jack. It also has USB 4 uh, support for Thunderbolt 4 uh, connections, uh, two USB-C connections and two USB-A connections. And like I said, this comes pre-installed with Linux. Um, that, sorry, crazy. That, that literally sounds like they duct taped a knock to the back of the head with that many ports. Yes, essentially, yes. That's exactly what they've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. I wonder how much this headset weighs. I, I didn't get that information, but I'd imagine it's not going to be super light. I do like the design of this. It kind of reminds me of like what, like an Atari VR headset would look like or something like that. It's kind yeah, of got this like but, kind of retro feature. It, it looks like a light gun or something, but it also, someone yeah. in chat said, I thought it was a great comment. It looks like it takes a floppy disk. Like it should have a floppy go into the side exactly of it. Exactly right? that. Exactly <laughs> that. Like future retro. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like the like. Front, front side of an old like uh, Windows whatever computer. I like the yeah. styling though, because I, although it's not for me, like I, I think it's cool to see a VR headset that isn't just the same bloody VR headset we've seen again and again. So it's very unique. Applause, applause for the uh, designers to that. I, yeah, I, totally. I absolutely love it. Like, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Linux fan. Like I should, I uh, should maybe say that before that, uh, since uh, I use it for, uh, well, I use it basically for everything. Um, I like it a lot better than, for example, Windows and certainly more than Mac. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, this is not a gaming device, of course. This is something no, it's not, that it's is, definitely uh, not you know, this is, but I, I like it again because Linux is, is open source. It's, it has full modifi modifi mod modifications that are possible uh, of the operating system. I don't know, like, I, I assume that he developed his own operating system uh, on there. Uh, he, I mean, he's using Linux, but uh, a specific distribution or something that he's, he's probably uh, I'm not sure what it's based that. on. No, I'm not sure what it's based on. Um, but it's funny because you mentioned gaming, although it's not designed for gaming, it does support a tethered mode where you can connect it to a Windows or Steam, Steam VR, you know, system, yeah. but there's no controllers with it. So it's either hand tracking or you use a keyboard. That's the general mm -hmm. sort of use cases they show in the, in the trailers. So I don't know if you could use like, it doesn't look like you can use like Steam VR tracking to connect mm -hmm. like uh, index controllers or anything like that. So well, I, I mean, think... I don't think Steam VR tracking would be the because Steam VR is also based on Linux again. Like it's a it's again a, a Linux system with the where, where where that is based on. But uh, the thing is with with a lot of Linux operating systems is that they've been aiming more and more for like more consumer versions. Uh, like for example, Ubuntu nowadays is is mm. I think very user friendly. You can play pretty much all of the of the Steam VR games, even if they're not supported originally by Linux, you can, uh, you know, sadly, sadly, Bradley is, is working on that a lot as well and trying to figure a lot of that stuff out. Uh, mm. But I think that that, especially in the recent years, has become way and way more uh, easier to do and simple to to apply. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, you, you need to love a terminal if you work in Linux, but if you do, then I think it's great. This is Well, the thing is, like, like we know, the Steam Deck and, you know, we talked about Deckard, both yeah, going to exactly. be Linux based, um, you know, and with Deckard, again, it's going to be a standalone PC, essentially in a VR headset. So similar probably, you know, to what this is set up for, but it's going to be a lot cheaper and probably stream, stream down in terms of uh, component sort of specs to make it more affordable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting, this kind of 
resurge, like, you know, emergence of uh, Linux based standalone VR headsets. It's going to be an interesting time over the next few years. Yeah. Definitely. I, don't, I don't see it taken off immediately, but uh, I, I welcome an addition like there's always because, again, it's open source and it, it, it allows for a lot of creativity. The look and feel of the headset to me almost, I know we were just, just talking about modular VR, almost looks like something that could be that little bit bulkier, have the weight on the front and the back, have panels so you could hot swap, you know, if you wanted to upgrade the, the RAM or whatever else, you know, if you wanted to make changes to it. Really, the fusion of those two ideas sounds quite sexy, like the kit car for VR enthusiasts, you know, and it would have its mm -hmm. own custom look. You might even be able to get, you know, skins for it or do something custom yourself. Pretty neat. Like, I haven't seen a headset yet that kind of turned me on that path. So uh, mm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I know nothing of Linux. I am absolutely noob when it comes to Linux stuff. So uh, I'd have to ask Rowdy for tips if I, if I picked up this headset. You guys might change your opinion a little bit when I talk about price. <laughs> of course. Uh -oh. How many zeros? So this, so this thing is an absolute beast, you know, spec-wise. Mental. Rowdy was going to buy it, right? Yeah, Rowdy, you, you ready to remortgage <laughs> yeah, so your apartment? Keep the, keep the super chats coming because I... <laughs> yeah. Rowdy's, Rowdy's Oh, this fun. is why we did so many sponsors lately, so we can buy Rowdy this, uh, you know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, with the beast specs comes beast pricing. Uh, so <laughs> this is going to cost you 2699 US dollars um, oh. for this headset. And that's oh. kind of like the the base standalone version. There oh, is a tethered base, version yeah, that's a little bit cheaper. And there's also a founder's edition, which is twice the price. I don't really know why. Mm. Um, but you can pre-order it right now. They were going to launch it via Kickstarter, but they changed their mind. So now they're opening pre-orders directly through the Simula One website. Uh, but they don't expect them to be shipping anytime before Q4 uh, of mm. this year. So Yeah, that's yeah. pricey. That's, that's, that's a level where you're like, don't give it to your kid because they're going to drop it on the face and break it in one, one fell swoop. Yeah, pretty cool though. Pretty cool. Like, like, like we said, it's not necessarily for us, but I, I you know, I like these unusual, these unusual VR headsets for unusual VR yeah. use cases. What was the name again, so, Mike? Simula One. Simula One. And is that the company name or the headset name? Uh, I think it's so. The headset is Simula One. I think the company is Simula because they call the OS Simula OS. So uh, Power on VR in the chat is asking uh, what the storage space is like. One terabyte SSD. Yeah. One terabyte. That's massive. That's that's, Four that's times crazy. the biggest quest. Yeah. And yeah. Um, battery life, did we hear anything? Twice the size of biggest quest. Um, don't uh, know about battery, battery capacity, you mean? Oh, that's Don't good. know about battery capacity. Yeah. 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 Um, Pretty cool stuff, though. And like you said about the module at the back, you know, you could take that module out with the NUC inside and probably upgrade the components in there over time. So it does have potentially some modularity to it. Well, with that, with that many ports, you can even get access to stuff. Just, I mean, you know how people are. They could be shoving stuff in there and having stuff dangling off them. I mean, Base tracking, all sorts of modules. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I, yeah, I, so. see, I see the FRLD chat saying, uh, you know, Linux is freedom and uh, Windows is updates forever. I do not condone this. I am not a part <laughs> of this, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a, 100%. Sorry, our, our, our account sometimes goes rogue, you know. Yeah. I don't know who's doing, doing it, but uh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. So yeah, that's uh, the Simula One VR headset. Kind of interesting, I thought. The final bit of news is very out there. So please, before you start getting like super hyped, uh, uh, take this with a huge pinch of salt. Okay? Because this oh, came as a rumor. Salt. I saw this as like a Reddit post. 
but I thought it, it was interesting enough to share. Is it is it going to be an insane update? Yeah, I'm curious what this or is. An amazing thing. It is, is it both what we insane put in the title of this video? Incredible. Is it incredible? Yeah, we, we've teased it with the title of the video. So if you've seen that, if you're, if you're <laughs> oh, yeah, an audio listener, the suspense is there. But if you're watching the live stream, you know already. Um, but essentially, this, this Reddit post uh, said that Metal Gear Solid original game is being remade and coming as a launch title um, for PSVR 2. So it's going to be a hybrid game, yeah. is what they said. So they're going to remake the original Metal Gear Solid game. It's going to come as a flat game, but also have a PSVR 2 mode and is going to be available on PSVR 2 launch. Uh, so this was posted cool. by a user named F. Jaeger, F. Jaeger, 58041. It was a throwaway account. So and he, he said that in his post, it's a throwaway account. Uh, but he wanted to share this information um, that he got apparently from someone that is close to this kind of uh, game being made. This was 11 days ago, uh, posted on one of these kind of like subreddits that talks about leaks. But I'll mm. read what he says. It says, not much I can say without someone at risk, nor do I have online credibility posting on a throwaway account. Apparently the development studio behind this was Blueprint. So that he said that Blueprint was originally at the helm, uh, but is now handed off to another support studio. Sony wants this to be the next benchmark for VR games across all platforms. Can be played fully without VR as a standalone remake. One of the first examples of a AAA title that can be experienced in both VR and non-VR that PlayStation wants to accomplish. And that kind of thing does resonate with what we've been hearing from PlayStation about wanting to make hybrid titles. So like, you know, uh, Resident Evil Village, for example, is a hybrid title that we sort of think is a likely thing going to happen. You know, you can play it yeah. flat or you can play it in VR if you happen to have a headset. Gran Turismo, you can play it flat or you can play it in VR if you happen to have a headset. Hybrid VR, AAA VR titles. Which I think sounds really nice, but I, I, I'm I not looking forward to that though because I you, think that a lot of the interactability will be gone. Yeah, and you, you said this before in that you, you think that games made for VR from the ground up will, are generally going to be better. And I, I do kind of agree with you to a certain degree, but it's going to be interesting to see if they put... Of course. The love and attention yeah, yeah. that a VR mode deserves in these games, not like yeah, Hitman 3, like we've experienced in the past. Yeah, so not, not a part, but a hybrid, because those two things are different. Are different, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So uh, he says that there's going to be fully interactable environments to ground the player in Metal Gear Solid. Adaptive triggers and haptic feedback will be utilized to an extreme amount. Almost every item and set piece in the game is crafted around it. Inventory system follows suit to the original game, raising your left wrist for things like medicine, cigarettes, and your right wrist for weaponry. Things like night vision, thermal goggles, gas mask, and cardboard box will accu accurately be represented in VR. The Psycho Mantis fight is slightly revamped for a VR experience, almost identical to in, in non-VR, but the controller port switch is scrapped. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know if it will be the statue solution by default or something new as planned. I don't know what that's, that's referencing to. Um, he says Q2... 2022 reveal alongside PSVR 2, which is something else we've kind of suggested that is likely going to happen. And then Q4 2022 release as a launch title, which again is something else that we think is going to be a likely thing going to happen. He says to round up the, the post, again, to be transparent, there's no reason to believe anything here, but I've been told direct details from someone who is very close to the project. From what I've heard, it sounds like a new leap standard for VR. If it's true, then this would be totally epic for the launch of PSVR 2, I think, in I mean, my opinion. I, I mean, it's kind of credible in a way because there hasn't been so much news surrounding, like, Metal Gear. 
Mm. And with, with Kojima leaving, they haven't been doing so well either. So maybe this for them to kind of try something new. I don't know. I, th- I, I think, mean, to be uh, honest, I'm if down. we get a Metal Gear Solid remake and it even doesn't have VR, I'd be super happy anyway. But the fact <laughs> okay, that it's getting, yeah. you know, this rumored VR mode, it should be totally epic. And like I said, it's, it's kind of in line with what we've been saying in the past with PlayStation strategy when it comes to VR games in the future. And also the rough release schedule that we kind of predicted on the last show in that, you know, it would follow the 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 history of the original PSVR and that it was announced and you could pre-order it Q2 of, what was it, 2016, and then it released Q Q4. And I think the same is likely going to happen again this year with PSVR 2. I think it's just a good news for the industry in general. If this news plays out or is true, I mean, it just means that you've got both Sony and Oculus going at a, going head-to-head, right? With, with older, mm. massive IPs um, and, and looking to double down on, we can give you VR in this. Uh, and, I think it's I think it's a great combination, like from a business mm. perspective, because you're not paying to start a game from scratch. And while you're doing the revamp, if the VR thing doesn't work out very well for you, you've still got your normal paying audience who's willing to, you know. So so to underwrite that project is far easier because you know, no matter what, to a pretty high degree, right? Your I don't know actuaries or whoever to do the numbers would be able to say, you know, you're going to get two hundred thousand sales on this, no matter what you release. And then if you do it well. That'll be triple the number. Add the VR bit, and you don't really care. You, you don't have to care about the VR sales so much. So to Rowdy's point, I think the first number of instances of this are most likely going to be suffering in the quality department in terms of the, everything VR we expect. But give it two or three years, and what's going to happen is those two behemoths are fighting each other, maybe a third or fourth, well, and it's just going to have to improve. So I think this I, is I, a very I just good track for us. I just hope it's not going to turn into this like, you know, that indeed like we have two or three years where they're releasing like subpar experiences and everyone who has like a PSVR 2 goes like, oh, you know, this this is bad. Like, you know, VR sucks and, you know, everything is bad here. And like, well, it's actually the problem is more like with the approach that has been taken in terms of developing VR titles. Uh, that's that's what I'm a little bit scared of. But like, I'm I'm it's a welcome change. Like, I agree. Like, you know, it would be nice to see like some bigger titles taking up some VR flavor, and maybe that will drive the market into a different direction. So yeah. But I think I think what you said is totally right, though. You know, look at Resident Evil Four VR remake. Um, you know, it's a huge success for Meta. Huge success. One of their best selling games on the store to date. And it's clear that people want to see a named IP, something that they know. And then they want to experience it in VR. It is totally clear. We've seen that with all the mods as well in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want to experience what it's like to to live in these worlds. And I think if Sony can leverage that with such a beloved IP like Metal Gear Solid, it would be a super smart move for them. Super yeah. smart. And it's like the, the it's easier for them first of all because they own a lot of IPs. Second of all, as we said, it's a flat game that you give some VR support in one way or another. So because of that, you have way more content because the difference between like like Meta and, and, and Sony is that Sony, the, the flat game is going to pull in the numbers, going to pull in the money. Because of that, you get more content because they can add DLC and stuff. Well, with Meta, they just have to grab a game, then turn it into VR, but there is no flat version next to that that can bring in money too. So the the return, like the, the risk of return isn't isn't so high for sony well resident evil could also have flopped right and then they they couldn't have really done anything about that well sony can still go they're betting on two 
mm. uh, you know, users and Meta is betting on one user. You know yeah. what I mean? But so yeah, what, what uh, I mean is like there, the amount of energy that goes into developing this game will the majority of that will be into you know where the their main market share is right which is flat gaming then and then the vr experience will be a, a certain percentage of that and that's what i'm a little bit scared of where we indeed have these like triple a titles that are making our games like let's say gta 6 you know gta 6 is in development we all know that 90 percent of their of their resources is going to go into making you know gta 6 as everyone knows it and then that extra 10 percent that that might then go into VR. I'm not. I'm just saying a percentage. And maybe that is enough. Maybe that they indeed only need 10% to make a believable VR experience. But what makes me wonder then? I mean, it's not like it's going to be like 50-50. It's not. It could be 50% to making GTA 6 and 50 50% of making GTA 6 VR. So there's going to be a small percentage of that. And I'm a little bit scared of like if there's so little resources available even though those AAA companies have a lot of resources, mm. I'm a little bit scared that we're going to be delivering experiences that might be a little bit underwhelming. Because our expectations are so high, because, you know, GTA 6, it's got to be amazing. So if GTA 6 VR is not really what we expect it to be, then that's going to be a disappointment, I think. No, I, I do agree with your concerns there, Rowdy. I hope they pull it off. Um, but yeah, I think it's, maybe, it's the same. maybe Meta we'll knows that... that, that I've seen the writing on the wall for a while and have known that this is going to happen. And maybe that's why they're pivoting so hard in the social side, because they know that they might ultimately lose when it comes to gaming. But then again, they've still got the fact that the headset is so cheap and they, you know, it's so accessible and they've already got a back catalog of fantastic titles. But yeah, like, I think just this, this fight between the two, like Zim said, yeah. is going to be fascinating to watch and I can't oh, wait. Yeah, for sure. And I love the fact that Sony have been quiet for about three years. You know, they've mm. aside from just sprinkling things in at the start of this year, like they've been pretty quiet on the PSVR front. Their stores have been pretty lean in terms of the pipeline. And I, I, I think they're gonna come in swinging hard. And, and, and this year is gonna be so fun. I know we've been saying this a few years, but, and then if Apple enters the ring too, it's just gonna be such a fun year. It's gonna be such it's, a fun year to watch this, this fight go it, down. It's just kinda like what, what I find surprising, this is why I keep saying like calm before the storm. Like usually when PlayStation announces new hardware and then Xbox comes around, they usually both like start to plan games up front for the year to come. And it's like, hey, this is what you can play in our system. And this already before you can even buy the system, but with Meta, they're just sleeping on the job. It's like they really think that they're going to be able to compete with GTA San Andreas and maybe some other things that they're going to announce in like at their gaming showcase. But there is no like you don't know what's coming out this year as a Quest 2 user. Um, like we, we hear some rumors about Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell, but that's like if you look oh, at the, the things on the Internet, it's, it's like people they start to now hire people to make it. So it's going to be a well. But it's like they didn't plan anything out to kind of build their castle. We don't know that for PSVR start, too, you know? Yeah, right? we, well, that, that's the thing. Like, they do have a gaming showcase, what, next month? So, mm. you know, we, we know that January, <laughs> February are quiet times. But, yeah, hope, I, I, well, I they, hope... They, they, I hope... they are like one big hitter they're going to have next to GTA San Andreas is something with Deep Silver. It could be Saints Row, could be Dead Island or something, or maybe Chivalry. I don't know. But I think they really underestimate. They like for years now. They think they can just go with two or three AAA titles in a year, and but times are changing now. Mm. You now have a competitor on the other side. Like for years they have been like king, king of the uh, king on the hill, but now 
it's a different story. Yeah. Like, you're, or you're going to lose customers, or you're going to lose the gaming side. You know. Um, yeah. I, I do think that that in March when they do their gaming showcase, they really have to knock it out of the park. I think. Mm. But like you say, we still don't know what the full in and outs of this this PSVR two thing is going to be. We don't know if this rumor about Metal Gear Solid is in fact true. Could be a load of rubbish. Um, but yeah, like Zim said, yeah. and like I said earlier, I just l- I'm looking forward to this this fight of the behemoths uh, that's going to be I'm happening very, in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious what this hybrid genre really is because uh, Rowdy describes this like 10% VR. What if it's I, like 30% no, just, VR or, you know, what I, I don't know, like 50%. I just pick up, no, 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 pick but, up a percentage, but I can't yeah, imagine no, but that I, they're going to develop like 50% of their resources. No, but I, I, I know what you mean, but it's yeah. like right now, like for example, Resident Evil uh, VR as a port was to me like, let's say 95% VR. There were some scenes that weren't necessarily VR, but it was like the last 5%. You know what I mean? So in hybrid, is it going to be, you know, I, I, I tried to, we don't know yet yeah, what, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a new genre. It's completely new. I think it'd be it's interesting to, to put together a scorecard for VR games. Oh. Like what do we expect as veterans in to say, here's the checklist of things that you have to have to score the 100%. Like, you, you know, you're saying 95%. I think it's yeah, probably... Yeah. Like if I was to say that for Resident Evil, it's probably around eighty for me. Like, cause they are missing some some key interactions, but, yeah, but this what they is did with the flat game was. But th- this was, is something different as what I meant, though. I I meant like for example, Resident Evil VR was a fully you know all resources 100%. went into developing VR. a VR game. I'm talking about if they're making a, a hybrid game, how much of those resources percentage wise will go into developing the VR modes? Yeah, and it's mm. scary. Because you're probably going to have, I mean, so many dev teams will be like, we've got one guy on, you know, a guy or gal developing the VR bit. And we got 30 I doing the, the main game, know you know works. what I mean? I like, yeah. uh, someone in the chat said, you know, like PSVR 2 and Quest 2 won't compete directly. And I think they are right in some ways. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got a standalone headset that's 300 bucks. And then you've got like a PS5 console and a headset on top of that. That's going to be like best part of a thousand, mm-hmm. uh, getting close to a thousand bucks. But the 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 difference in experience you know and the, and the the quality of the graphics and the depth potentially of these hybrid games that's going to make well, the difference and, and i think it's going to attract a different crowd yeah, and as a gamer you want to as far as i know you want to buy something that is going to entertain you in the long run that gives you a new game every few months that is fantastic and even though and that's, that, that's uh, what people go for even though that that facebook or meta is pivoting into the more social site you know 90% of their audience are gamers yeah, that's just how yeah. it is. So for now, yeah, anyway, for now, be competing for that audience. Yeah, we're putting a lot of hope in PlayStation. Put it that way. <laughs> I think we yeah. all want it to to be that. You know, because who else? Who else is gonna do it then? For well, now, no one at the moment. Right? For the gaming uh, part, yeah. no one. So yeah, we're putting yeah. all our hopes and dreams in the PlayStation. Why. Make that's it happen, otherwise, we retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um, a good one so yeah, yeah that's uh, that's the end of the news so uh yeah a little like i said take that with a huge pinch of salt we don't know it's actually coming but i thought it was worth mentioning on the show anyway nice. uh so now it's time to hand over to uh zim for this week's top picks of games releasing over the next couple of weeks so let's see what you've got in your little goodie bag zim. oh so so much i'll tell you what to start us off um palmer is back girlios and boyos with his korean comeback hit it's Lucky Fish Bread uh, by a studio called Visual Light. Wait, wait, wait. What... So you've been in retirement all this time and this is what you come back with? <laughs> oh, this, is, this, is the, this is the good stuff. So uh, in Korean, this is called, and I'm going to get this wrong probably, Bunjo Bang. 
And they are sweet fish-shaped treats made by Korean street vendors uh, that are reminiscent of waffles with what I personally like to call horrible, awful, uh, sweet red bean paste. If anyone's ever had like the Japanese um, red bean things, oh my, don't eat them. Uh, unless you're Japanese, I suppose. They love them, but I, I, I've never. Are, are, are those compatible with the, the, the like VR headset that feeds you? Maybe. That's possible, Nathie. But this is basically a cooking game um, where you're making, you're this Korean street vendor. And it's a bit bizarre. Um, so it caught my eye. Now we've had tens of these at this stage, right? Where you're, you're standing beside something, you've got a whole bunch of different accessories. And in this one, you're basically, you know, using these waffle fish that are filled with a, an interior padding. And you, you have, this is the <laughs> thing that caught my eye. You get to interact with cute fish bread fairies. So there are these NPC characters that float around and speak to you and all this while you're, you know, developing your budding fish bread business. Uh, so it's unique-ish, cartoony, colorful, animated fish bread game. Just, I, I, I wanted to use this as a point of education for me and the rest of the podcast. I never knew this was a thing. But this is something you can buy. Look it up on the internet and you will see the, you, pictures you know what? of... This game has, has made me realize how hungry I actually am at this moment. Yeah, like. I'm <laughs> This reminds me of that sushi game that me and you played, Nathan. You remember that? Oh, Gambate. <laughs> Gambate! <laughs> yeah, yeah, to see. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah, first one. Yeah, yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Well, it does look it does look like like a streamlined game. Oh, know? wait, apparently uh, Eric Hartley has play, played this game whilst actually eating this oh, fish that, bread. That's the way to do it. What? That's, that, well, that's, that's, immersive, to that's next level emotion, that is. Yeah. yeah, that is the way. But no, this is the problem with, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I play one of these games where you're making food, it just makes me ravenous. I just I just need to, I end up snacking three times whatever I make in the game. So. Oh, I'm so hungry uh, now. Yeah, I, my stomach yeah. is literally turning right now. Uh, so we're going to have to make this You quick. said that you were hungry, and now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rowdy. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, next one. Next one. So um, this one's been out for a while, uh, but landed on, on Quest recently. It's actually on PC VR as well. It's a game called Unbinary. It's a VR puzzle adventure game. And the cool thing about this, for those who are fans of uh, the application Quill, is it's entirely hand-painted. So okay. you, you're, you're, you're in this... It's, 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 a, it's an adventure puzzle game, so you're wandering around a number of scenes. You've got a, an AI called Webby um, who's, who's, I don't know, helping you with your candidacy uh, to rule planet Earth. And you have different modes of the game, controlled by masks that you wear uh, for different characteristics of, of interaction. Looks like a pretty simple kind of, you know, adventure puzzle game. Um, but the style of it is the thing that really kind of stood out to me was that it's got this... It's got this um, look to so it, kind of like, yeah, kind of like a Jupiter grad. 13. Do you remember how Jupiter ah, grad looked? Okay. It, yeah. it was cel-shaded. This is like that rough-edged painted feel. Um, and again, I kind of like the look of this. This is cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that cel-shaded stuff, yeah. Bit, bit of a sleeper, I, I fell in right? love with it uh, originally with the, uh, do you know 13? You ever played 13. that game? Oh, 13? yeah, yeah. That yeah, was the yeah, first yeah. game ever, I think, to, to properly oh. land with, with, with cel-shading. That was amazing. Uh, uh, was this really kind of reminds me of the uh, Quillustrations that me and Nathie jumped into using, uh, what was it, the Facebook platform that, that oh, they've yeah. killed. Facebook yeah. Spaces. Facebook yeah, this Spaces. Looks really well good, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's got that, as I said, it, so for people who really appreciated, um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mike, and that's why I kind of introduced with it. If you really liked Quill, either using it or experiencing other people's animations, if you're like me and you have no artistic genes in your body, uh, Unbinary seems like a pretty cool game. Now, it's been out since the 26th of March last year. 
So it oh. was out on Steam, but it, it's only just recently come to the Quest Store, and it's basically mm. had its formal release. It's there on you can you can play it on Rift on on Steam VR. It's also on Viveport. So if you happen to be a Viveport subscriber, go play the game. Nice. So, what I like uh, about this. So go on, go on, Nathy. Yeah, so just, just in between, uh, Rowdy, um, check uh, E-minus his Twitter because he just shared his uh, lucky fish bread. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's got we it. We kind of want to see that. Excellent. So go on, go on, go on. I'll go and find that yeah. one. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, like, what I like about this is that it looks different from everything else available in the Quest Store or, or in VR because you find a lot of asset flips where they use the same assets in different games sometimes, and sometimes VR games can look very generic in that sense, and I like yeah. the fact that this really stands out because it's all hand-drawn. It's great. Yeah. Love it. And, and yeah, it's, it, the, the look and feel is, is, is fantastic. It's a narrated experience. So it, it's certainly one that I would, I would consider trying. I like these lighter puzzle games that aren't, you know, to, like Myst. You know, Myst is, Myst is not a light puzzle game. Myst is one you go into and you come out frustrated, you know, <laughs> when you realize uh, your brain isn't up for the task. But uh, that was a good one. Next up, this is my third, third of the releases before I get into some mentions. Um, so this is something that I was mentioning earlier. You guys are on, you know, in Europe, as I once was many, many days ago. Um, defected. And, 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 you know, now I have <laughs> the key to the promised land. I'm able to get into <laughs> Horizon and, and several other apps that are only allowed in North America. Well, this app at the moment is stuck behind like a Japanese wall and it, my heart is bleeding for it. So this is about, if you guys know the, the card game Magic the Gathering, and do you remember the Tokyo Game Show? There was a, you could wander around. Nathan, yes. I think you went for a tour in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is their second show. So it's a showcase of 135 art pieces from 80 different artists. For, the, wow. for those Magic the Gathering nerds out there like me, I've played the game for about 20 years and I've got a huge collection. It's their new set, which is Kamigawa Neon Dynasty in a VR app. And it's, it's only available to experience over the next week. So from, the, from February 18th through the 24th, for those who are able to get it, now you can download it on... On App Lab, um, wait, 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 a website. wait, 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 because I'm trying to find a trailer for that one. Can you repeat that name? <laughs> yeah, Kamigawa is K A M Kamigawa, G A W A Kamigawa. Okay, VR. Right. So, so it's, it's got like, a like an exposition in VR. It's an exposition way. of artwork, but they've also got yeah. a nifty little. Again, for fans, this will be nifty because if you if you're into magic, you're probably into the artwork of magic as well, along with the flavor text and other components that go with it. I used to own several, you know, prints, signed copies of things, and they've got a Hellos. they've got a competition uh, that they call a campaign. And so, if you go into this and you find all of the 134 art pieces, activate them, and then you find there's a 135th piece, which is some kind of special dragon you have to find. It's hidden, and then you go to their website, you type in your username, and you submit the form. You can win a signed print. Uh, from one of these artists. I, I oh. thought you were going to say an NFT. I thought you were going to say an NFT. No. Uh, God, no. Thank God. Um, but the, the, the trouble that I had was I installed this. Um, Eric and I have been kind of trying to beat down the front door of this because at the moment it is walled and it says it's not available in your region. It's a bit annoying. Uh, the site is available both in um, English and Japanese. So the just to read out the website, if anyone wants to go to it, it's mtg-kamigawa-vr.art slash is the important part slash en for english otherwise it's japanese characters and you won't be able to read it 
I, I could I couldn't really find like a like a proper thing to show, so I'll just show a video of Eric uh, eating Lucky Fish Bread. Yeah, wow. I want to <laughs> see this. I did DM you these videos, Rowdy, so you should have them. Um, oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he, I, I snuck into his DMs. That's why. But meanwhile, we can watch Eric eat the Lucky Fish Bread because. Yeah. Never so this thing before. is mainly for Magic the Gathering fans uh, there we go. that you're yeah. describing, Zim. Yeah, but it's an art thing. Oh, those are those look delicious, actually. Oh. Wait, it's gone. gone. The video's gone. They've gone away now. <laughs> you're so disappointed. We're, we're, we're now staring into the void. But yeah, it's a, yeah, the, yeah, the, the it's cool thing enough. for um, for Magic fans about Kamigawa is it's their first ever sci-fi set. So for Magic nerds, it's like a whole new thing. Um, and it totally looks like just any other kind of like Japanese culture, anime style thing um and they have a pretty neat um kind of animated trailer for it uh, very yeah. similar to like the animatrix or something like that it looks along those lines so again if you're into oh, art, yeah it looks it looks gorgeous yeah yeah i'd recommend I'd, I'd recommend you know checking that out so magic has gotten more and more serious with each of its sets you know now they're doing tr like visual trailers and this is a card game you know in the end of the day and and there's also a game called um uh, magic the gathering arena uh, which, if you're new to Magic and you want to get into it, is a fantastic mobile game. Uh, really, really good. Better than Hearthstone, in my opinion. And um, uh, it's yeah, that's what I know it from. Yeah. yeah. So that is Kamigawa. All right, let me get into the mentions. Uh, so these are the next ones. Uh, first one, big favorite of mine. Things that you have to, I think, go and check and try. This one will definitely need the video for um, Rowdy, which is the Puzzling Places yeah, DLC. Sure. There was a variety pack. This is their second one. They had launched a. Um, Mars Lander pack, and that was pretty cool. But this one's really nifty because it's objects. And I'll, I'll mention. So mm -hmm. normally it's five bucks for four, uh, four puzzles. Each puzzle, if you're doing them at, like, let's say, like a hundred piece level, would take you about an hour uh, to do. And this this pack comes with a temple door, a Banjara, like a, I think it's a South Indian uh, costume garb, a British tomb. So there's this, you know, this dead guy who looks like Tutankhamun, but he's he's English, right? <laughs> Lying back on his in his in his tomb. And there's um, a gothic chalice, and it's like this gem-laden goblet. And that's out of the four of them. That one just looks absolutely stunning. So if you're if you're not familiar with Puzzling Places, it is a photogrammetry-supported puzzle game. It's got a really nice ambiance, like music to it. And if you like things like Tetris effects and really like zenning out, that is one for you for sure. Okay, so that's uh, okay. that's that one. Next up, we've got um, Walkabout. So. If you love uh, singing, singing Charlie on Candy Mountain, then Sweetopia, which is the latest paid DLC for Walkabout, is like Candyland, if anyone played that board game as kids. I know we already talked about Chuck E. Cheese, so let's throw Candyland in there as well. <laughs> so this one, again, is yet another of their you know, thematic um, DLC courses that also includes, they've done kind of Halloween, they've done Christmas. So now this one has a fox hunt for the hard course uh, which is Valentine's Day themed, and all while in this sugary fantasy land of enormous confectionery. So yeah. if that sounds good to you, I'm really, yeah. really hungry at this stage. I know you guys are probably there with me. <laughs> we got to get away from the food. But this is another DLC um, that you've just got to check out. Did, did they do something to the graphics? Because I found like this last, uh, you know, this, this candy land that they made looks very detailed. It does compared look to other things they made, or they, yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, it I looks haven't, very good. I haven't yet had the opportunity to go in yet. It's myself like they did a whole overhaul. 
yes. in terms of the visuals. The, they, they keep getting better at their craft, is what I would say. So from level to level, um, they've, they've, they keep kind of getting stronger at that and are able to go in deeper. So I'm, I'm really, really kind of happy with the way that's looking. Yeah. They, yeah. They, the, the, was it the Kitiho Valley? Quixote? Yeah, Quixote, Quixote Valley was just so nice. Beautiful. This looks yeah, great as well. Especially Super the impressed. night course. Yeah, what, the one that looked like my homeland? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was very nice. <laughs> what was his, we gave that sheep a name. I don't remember what we called him. Frank? Uh, what, yeah, Frank with the PSVR with Frank. The, with, with the tongue out. <laughs> so two more things uh, just to mention before we kind of uh, wind up the mentions here for today. Uh, so next, Pistol Whip. Uh, if, if you like John Wick, um, Mike, you were talking about, uh, what was it, Contractor? What was the half Gunman, Gunman Contracts. Gunman Contracts. So if that wets your whistle and you want a little bit more, um, but you haven't yet experienced Pistol Whip, I highly recommend you to check it out. All four of us love Pistol Whip. And yeah. between the dates of the 18th, yesterday, 20th, uh, tomorrow, you know, you're going to be able to play Pistol Whip for free. So uh, go, go try that out. Um, one of the things that's really interesting, uh, similar to The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which I've been playing a lot of, they've teased... Uh, some new content, and I'm going to just describe what we're seeing on screen here because um, it, it it says that there is new DLC essentially coming called Encore, but in the graphic it features two people almost in Max Payne style sliding side by side out of the scene, and I just wonder, I just wonder. I mean, my brain jumps to like, did they did they find a way to do this co-op? Because if it's if they brought co-op in yes. as a as a kind yes. of a final please. punch, please, please. right? Yeah, oh my god, amazing. can you imagine having co-op Saints and Sinners and co-op Pistol Whip like out in around about the same month? That would be insane. That would just be so cool. So that one is yeah. definite hype. Definite hype. Um, and we'll have to play it together, lads, if if, if that does drop. So, maybe maybe we can get Denny on the show next show to talk oh. about it. Oh, yeah, That'd be good. Squeeze out some, some juicy mm. details. That would be excellent. The last thing I wanted to mention, we touched on it a little bit earlier which was big screen. So um, last time, didn't mention, but I wanted to kind of uh, bring out something that, that's a bit of a transformation for big screen, which is pretty cool. So it's another one of these uh, social places where you can go and watch stuff together. Uh, but they've they brought out free films now. So when I say free, ad supported, oh, wow. but you can go and watch uh, with your buddies, right? Spread across the globe. Uh, they're sad animatronic puppets, then fine, bring them in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sit down on the couch, grab some popcorn, and enjoy yeah. you know some some pretty cool films like what they've got in here. Uh, Arrival, <laughs> I love that film. Sea Biscuit, cool Clueless, Nacho Libre, Adventureland, Blair Witch. Nacho I think that's Libre, a great yeah. one to watch together in a VR scene. Paranormal Activity Four, It Follows, oh, and now because I know Nathy's a big fan, The Twilight Saga. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Team Team Edward or Team Jacob. Edward. You even know the names. <laughs> Always yeah, Edward. Please. Yeah. Yeah, you're really good at that, Mike. That's 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 kind of scary. Uh, but no, there's also because I've been uh, watching uh was it uh Patterson interviews because of the Batman. That, that's why I know that. He's he's a great actor though. <laughs> One of the better ones. Um <laughs> research. Three more that are there's just landed recently, The Founder, Bank Job, and The Terminal. Uh Terminal is a bit of an older one, but a great film. So if you haven't seen it, you can go watch it at supported for free in big screen. And um just to highlight this fact, because a lot of people don't realize it, I know it's also kind of region locked thing. Um, the 3D 
movie trailers that they have in big screen are a good way to experience what it's like. And then if you want, you can go and you know rent a 3D film. Now, I will mention, this is going to cause some frustration. Uh, so the 2D ad-supported features, that's US only. I don't even know if it supports in Canada. So, sorry, but mm. don't get too hyped. The 3D movies that you can see in North America versus, let's say, Europe, um, very, very different uh, assortments. Yeah. They've, had a, they've had a lot of trouble with it. They gave a po- yeah. blog post recently to say they're still working on it. Um, it's obviously some legal ramifications there that they're trying to overcome. Uh, but I look it's forward to it because the experience is pretty cool once, once it's there. And I do think that this is a real cornerstone, like it belongs in VR. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to mention is, is you're, you're able through Pluto.tv to watch live TV. So people were able to watch you know, the Super Bowl together and they saw a big spike and I know they had some performance issues, but being able to watch in, in, in giant rooms uh, you know, together in, in VR is a really nice way to connect socially. And you can't mm-hmm. do that today in Horizon. You can't do that in a lot of the other social apps. So check out Big Screen Maybe. if you haven't. Maybe Darshan should become a director and make his own movies, so the problem is solved. <laughs> that would you do know? it, Nathie. That would do it. You're right. What I always said to Darshan would be like an amazing idea, and I, I appreciate it would take a bit of time, especially for like a lot of movies. But like, say, like the Blair Witch, for example, that instead of having a traditional cinema, you're watching it in the woods. And then during yeah. scenes that are played out on screen, <sighs> something happens in the environment around you Ooh, that yeah. kind of freaks you out. Same with like, yeah, that's say, what they, say if you was watching Jurassic what, Park or something and then you had dinosaurs like running through like the audience, it would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. They call that, yeah, they call that 4D, 4D cinema. 4D. And it's, yeah. it's we, we actually had it, um, there was a guy, uh, Belago, I think, who developed a cinema. I know Nathie's done this because we threw popcorn I, or something at each other. I just wanted to... I just want to say, like, Riff Max Theater was... Exactly, Riff Max Theater. So you could... I remember you used to be able to, like, walk into the bathrooms, meet other people, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 there were bathrooms. It was just like, that's where you entered near the hallway in the bathrooms. Then you'd go down to the actual cinema. You'd go in, and you could watch, in 4D, for example, like a Michael Jackson's Thriller. And it would show Thriller, like the usual music video on the screen, and then there'd be smoke... And kind of yeah, funky smoke. lighting and stuff. So the zombies that does like exist. spawning in, doing the dance and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it, ha- it has existed water, before. Uh... So just a matter of time, like it's it's going to come out. So. Yeah, that's why. And that's that's it for uh, for for this week. So I'll just recap on the three awesome. releases, just so that you know the names in case you didn't catch them. The first one, Palmer's Glorious Lucky Fish Bread, uh, and that one uh, that one if <laughs> that one's going to make you hungry. Unbinary uh, was the second one. And then the third thing on App Lab is the MTG Kamigawa Neon Dynasty art show, uh, which is, again, the follow-up to the Tokyo game show. So I look forward to finally breaking through it. We haven't managed yet with tricky VPNs and the like, but we'll see. Who knows? Maybe we need to get Nordon as a sponsor one of these times. All right. I'm looking forward to the day that, you know, no, no disrespect to the Lucky Fish bread, but we don't talk about Lucky Fish bread, and we're talking like Metal Gear Solid and Gran Turismo and Resident Evil Village. Fair and- enough. Yeah. It feels this, like it's been a while. This proves that Mike uh, hates indie games. I, I, I love, I love indies. I love indies, but it's just <laughs> no, like, nah, nah. it's just like, come on. Come no, but on. I, I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. This it's is been like 84 a phase years at this you, point. Yeah. Well, it does feel like 84 years. It's weird that I'm nowadays <laughs> talking about games that I used to play in 2016. Yeah. And what's a, what's a UK nowadays. in the chat sums it up nicely say, by saying, so nothing new, nothing else. <laughs> 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 I, I feel your pain, dude. I feel your pain. 
Um, but I also want to say thank you to Wolveraza for the super chat fun show. Keep it up. Thank you very much, mate. And also Jeffrey Goodman for sponsoring, uh, for not sponsoring the show. For the <laughs> he super basically has. Sp- <laughs> he basically yeah, has. Yeah, sponsor the show. Yeah, he has been the super chat as well. well. So I really appreciate Long it. Thanks sponsor. very much. Um, <laughs> Great so, show, Meta mate. <laughs> so to wrap up the show, if you've got any burning question for us, questions for us, now's the time in the chat. Uh, we can maybe take a question or two before we say goodbye. Uh, we want to say thank you again to our sponsors, Val, for sponsoring uh, the, the show. We really, really appreciate it. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, by the way, and you're a dev studio, you can feel free to reach out to us. Also, just a reminder of the show, uh, it's live streamed every Saturday on or every other Saturday on YouTube and on Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 10 a.m. in Pacific time. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. If you've enjoyed this show, it's been a bit crazy. You can hit the like button and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss our future shows. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, let's see if anyone's got any interesting questions for us. I saw Technoglyph oh. said Quake 3 VR multiplayer. Someone other than me is playing it. Lol. Is that a thing? Is Quake 3 like VR modded at this point? I know there was a Quake. Uh, was that like a Mr. Beast mod? There was a Quake 2 yes, thing uh, where you could run around a field yeah, Quake, and stuff yeah, like that. Quake but 2. I, if Quake yeah. 3 is out, like that's one of my favorite all-time games. It's so, Ace uh, Fogel who said, uh, just a small reminder, Team Beef is stress testing Quake 3 VR multiplayer right now. Nice. It's <sighs> coming. Matthew oh, Guya, any PC VR multiplayer game recommendations? For me, I would say After the Fall all day long. If you've got like a team of people that you can play with regularly, that game is phenomenal just to like catch up with your friends and just blast zombies and have a great time all at the same same time. It's, oh. I, I love I love that game. I played one with my dad yesterday. We guys we, we talked about it before the transformation of um, ProPot into a three game package to Golf Plus. I played Golf Plus. It's like if you could have Microsoft Golf Simulator in VR. It's pretty decent. Very different to Golf Plus, by the way. And it's now, it's kind of a weird amalgamation of three games that don't have the same kind of feel at all. Uh, but if you're looking for a more like serious, like proper golf game with all the clubs and everything that you got to select, um, if you're not good at golf like me, it shows in the game. Like I'm like, my dad hits it, goes like way off that way because he plays golf. And I'm like, it goes like half the way there. And I'm like, Jesus, wow. this is actually accurate because you have to have a proper swing. So um, yeah. yeah, if you're a golfer, <laughs> check out Golf Plus. Bless you, Rowdy. Thanks, uh, also, well. Arcanian asks, are, are people still playing after the fall? I think it was a little bit light on content on launch, but they've got new content coming very, very soon. Um, mm, yeah. Maybe we can talk about that on the next show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, so yeah, thank you for everyone that's joined us live. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you again. Um, and I think it's time to say goodbye. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time where we'll give you another wrap-up of the uh, latest VR news. But until then, take care of yourselves and bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.